Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everything in between or unidentified, welcome to the season finale of season two, the Good Anime Palette Podcast. This is your host, Will, and I've also got my other host, Jason. I'm sorry I called you the other again, but sometimes I just don't know what the right words to use are, but we know that we have the right choices for the awards. So, Jason, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, hello, everybody. This is episode 24. Just to make sure that it is numbered, it is indeed our season two finale. I am hype as shit, even though I don't sound like it. And I'm extremely excited to share this momentous occasion, not only with all of you listeners, but also with my partner in crime, William Edgelord Sama over here. Holy crap. It's been one full year. Of the Good Anime Palette podcast. Well, technically, it was... Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Right? We should do something for that day, though. Yes. It will have been one full year uh, by the time we reach the end of January. But for the purpose of doing this podcast and how we release our episode schedules, we will have had at least one full year's worth of content by the time this thing comes out. So we've come a really fucking long way. I know we said that in the last awards section, but Jesus. Like, we've done another another season... Another two anime seasons worth of anime. Oh, we, we've come a very long way, and we've watched a lot of good shit. So uh, if you are a new listener that joined us during season two, or a, lis- a seasoned listener from season one, and you've got to this far, that is awesome. I hope you guys will continue to listen. If you have not experienced episode 12, our GAP season one finale, I encourage you to do so. But... If you choose not to, that's perfectly fine. You're here now, and let's go. Here is how it's going to work for those who are uninitiated. Will and I have now this tradition where we drink sake while we record live. We just just drink. We just drink. That's all we do. Okay, we don't always drink, but... What uh, What do we do when we don't watch anime? We drink. That's just our existence. And then remember all the pains and anguish in Fruits Basket. But and hey, then we talk about our pains and anguishes from Fruits Basket on a podcast. Bruh, it's a circle of life, man. It, it's the one that rules us all. Okay, and Everything just comes back full circle. So we will drink sake, and it seems that Will poured me a cup of sweet one. We have a sweet one and a dry one. Um, but that aside, how this episode is going to work is we are not going to talk about what we've been watching or reading nor will we talk about any news, despite the fact that both those things have been happening, obviously, throughout this, uh, you know, as this was getting released. Instead, we will look back on the season two, which is basically the past six months of the GAP Palette podcast. And we'll also reminisce on some stuff that happened before that, too. we'll, We'll do a special note of all the stuff that we watched in the beginning of the year, but generally the main focus is of the past two seasons which is summer and fall of 2021 and from episode 13 to this very episode i just realized i said gap palette podcast so good anime palette palette podcast gappp okay um we haven't even started drinking yet we haven't started okay fuck it just give us a sec guys we're gonna drink this cheers buddy cheers. to one year of gap oh that's good that's not as sweet as i thought you know it's quite sweet Right. So, as usual, following the same format that we did for the first GAP season awards, we're going to have the same seasonal categories, and then we also have the second half, which is the dumbish, stupidish awards, which there's going to be a slight variation, but generally the same kind of 
questions and formats and topics. So uh, the way that it splits up in terms of the finale episode is we have the first half of the serious-ish awards, which we dubbed. And those are uh, a more academic focus of our favorite, our best, our those kinds of, of awards, like something that you would expect out of any award like uh, show. Then we will then go into what we call the stupidish awards. Now, because this is the second iteration, we could have, and also because we can do whatever the fuck we want, we have kept some of the stupidish awards, but have altered some other ones to cater to this season, these this podcast season in particular. And to clarify, when I mean by this podcast season. We also mean the past two anime seasons. So as Will said, summer and fall. Now, uh, we also think that some of the stupidish awards will probably be mainstays, but some of them will be different the next go-around and the next go-around and the next go-around. Hopefully many more to come. Then there is a surprise contest stupid thing section. Last uh, finale, season one finale, I put Will on the spot when it comes to figuring out if a certain light novel title is actually a light novel title or something that I just made up. And Will this time has a segment for me, and now it's my turn to figure out what is real and what's not. And we will, when we get to that, Will would explain what it's all about. This time I'm the game master. Exactly. And then uh, towards the end, if we have enough time, we'll go over some honorable mentions and quick fires, as well as a general overview of 2021 reminisce over the last year really and look forward to 2022 so that this section would be different than the first uh season finale yep so before we get into all the fun and games and all the shenanigans, another one let's go we're going to put on our top hacks and talk about the serious ish awards the things that we consumed <coughs> over the past two anime seasons maybe some of the stuff that we had in our backlogs that we started catching up on um maybe we started reading some anime some manga or manhua that we feel deserve an adaptation that don't have one yet and just to summarize the rest of the, the whole year what we thought was the anime and or the manga of 2021 look if you don't agree with our choices or even our award categories that's perfectly fine but let us know like seriously we want to have a podcast platform to share not only our thoughts, but your thoughts as well. So, look, even though Will and I are always right about everything, we also want to help you guys out and give you guys what you want. So we're going to start off with... A drink first. Yes, because that's what we want. Fuck. Death perception is not a forte amongst either of us. (laughs) Uh, okay. All right. The very first serious-ish award of the season two finale of the Good Anime Palette podcast is favorite seasonal anime from season two. So the, the caveat for this one is that it has to have aired. It doesn't have to have finished, but it has to have aired either in summer or fall of 2021. Because we're very aware that there are certain shows that are two curves, and especially if they premiered in the fall, they will also extend to next year in the winter of 2022 so we say that it still counts also take into consideration that because we are this into like this time into the seasonal cycle a lot of the shows actually has not wrapped up in the fall season but with that caveat aside we're trying to give us give you guys our best i guess assumption thoughts on 
what we think is the best. Furthermore, the way that things work out is we have a winner and we have a runner-up, and that's it. Third place and below, we do have that sometimes written, but we will not mention that until unless if we feel that's necessary. Or if time allows. Exactly. So but Of course, we control time, so hey, we make the rules. Chronomancers, we are. Okay. Let's leap through time, buddy. All right. <clears throat> so the first award is, as you mentioned, right, the best or at least favorite seasonal anime of season two. I have to be honest. I was a bit of a stickler, and my favorite is different than my best. And I purposely remembered that it was named favorite for a reason. So I used that to my advantage. And if you think I'm being a stickler for semantics, I'm sorry. But Go I, fuck yourself. Exactly. <laughs> hey, this is our list. We do what we want. And there's going to be reasons for why we pick certain things, right? So let's just start it off, right? Like, what was your runner-up for your favorite anime of season two? My runner-up was actually... Seasonal anime. My favorite seasonal anime for my runner-up is actually an anime that I finished rather recently, despite the fact that it premiered in summer 2021. In fact, both of my favorite seasonal animes from 2021. So why is it Sunny Boy? Sunny Boy is great, bro. Sunny Boy is a science fiction high school drama made and written by the guy who did One Punch Man season one, basically the only season of One Punch Man. Would you say it's science fiction or more supernatural? Or it's like there's elements of both. It's so. elements of both. If I had to describe it, it was, it's a basically about a bunch of kids in a high school room that gets transported to a weird dimension and have to figure out how things work. And they all have superpowers. This show is extremely, extremely avant-garde. And I mean that in that it is not your conventional anime for sure, 100%. To the point where if you don't like it, and I think I've said that multiple times, but if you don't like it, that's perfectly understandable. Like, I really get it. But for me, and I think certain people, it will mean a hell of a lot. And it's awesome because despite the fact that they have weird dimensions, which they also treat that very seriously, it's high school kids with high school problems. Superpowers or not. And the the scale and the stakes absolutely mind-boggling to me and the ending even though it is not what i would call uh a, a, like people would look at that ending and think that that's a really bad ending i look at that ending and think that is a very real and in that sense a, a, a very good ending i i love sunny boy gave I, it a nine out of ten i need to get around to picking it up again because i watched i think i watched up to episode two it's just, it's just full of weirdness. There's hardly any music, even though there's more later on. Like, it's just very weird. It honestly is. But it's so good. Do I take a swing and see what my runner-up for the my favorite seasonal anime is? Ita 10. Unfortunately, you didn't even make the top three. Oh, shit. Yeah, I liked it a lot, but there's certain reasons to why I liked it a lot. It, it'll show up later on in this uh, awards category, in, in the litter awards. My runner-up was 86 part two yo 86 part two was incredible now of course i'm kind of cheating in a way because i'm also leveraging the experience i had from watching part one of 86 but take nothing away from it 86 is just 
It's a beautiful, beautiful show with the right amount of drama, the right amount of emotion mixed in with wonderful animation sequences for all the fight scenes. And the, the cherry on top of this incredible cake is Sawano, dude. The music is so goddamn good. If you didn't cry enough already in part one, you will definitely cry in part two just because of how beautiful the music scores are. It's just a wonderful experience. And as I've said before in the previous episode, when talking about having picked up and rewatched it again, I was incredibly wrong about 86. And it did the biggest 180 I experienced this year. Not just this season, this year. How I was critiquing it and saying that it was just some cheap code Gias, and it turns out to be completely wrong. I was actually amazed by the, the, the world that they, they created, the music they used, the character developments. Goddamn, like... 86 was a wonderful time, and I implore anybody, including you, Jason, to, to pick up 86 again or just start it from the beginning and just trek along with part two because despite the the production issue leading it to being delayed, they're still on track to finish up part two of, episode, of, of 86. Look, you'll probably be done by the time January rolls through. Just binge everything in one go. It is definitely worth your time. I think that... Um similarly with a lot of things and a lot of weebs have experience i will 100 percent check it out i just don't know when i trust me that i do and i i will i don't know when I but mean, time ruins us all right like, yeah it, that's just that's just the thing right like, with just balancing out the podcast homework we do along with some of the stuff that we just want to clear up on our backlogs we just cannot find the time and also just real life stuff uh i would say though about 86 and sawano in particular when it comes to anime music composition, there are three people that come to mind right away. The first person is Sawano. He is, in my mind, the Hans Zimmer of um, anime music production. This guy is phenomenal. You listen to Attack on Titan, you know, bro. The other thing, the other person is actually not Japanese, is Kevin Penkin. Uh, Will and I have simp over this guy Mr. so many Penkin. times. Mr. Penkin, Kevin, if you're listening, we love you. Uh, Contact us. We need to talk. Let's just, let's just have a beer, dude. Let's and, just have a drink. And I feel bad because I don't remember the third person on the top of my head, but I know what this person has done, which is the My Hero Academia soundtrack. Uh, in terms of You Say Run, I think he also did um, uh, Run With The Wind, that kind of... Is, I think Utah? Utah something? I, I, I don't want to mis, um, misname someone, but... Na is it Yuki Hayashi? Yeah, Yuki Hayashi. Thank you. These three people, when it comes to just saying their names attached to a property... Did you say Haikyuu as well? No. Because he's Haikyuu too. Fuck that. That's even better. So then, if you attach these three people to and say that I'm on board 100%, it doesn't even matter the director, the studio, the property. It will be a feast for the ears. So, I know I dragged on quite a bit about Sawano and other music composers, but dude, I really do feel that it music is music is good, dude. Like when you said Sawano, right? If you are a very, um, if you know your anime stuff, that carries so much weight more than a lot of people realize, and that's why I will. I think I will watch eighty six at some point. I, I mean, it, it's, it's the same way when you talk about Western media. Whenever <clears throat> you see somebody say like, "Oh, uh, there's going to be something done by Hans Zimmer." You definitely want to check it out because I mean, Hans Inception, Zimmer's... Black, uh, Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight. Uh, come on, man, Hans, Hans Zimmer, the Gladiator. Come on. All right, my winner 
of the favorite seasonal anime from season two of the Good Anime Palette podcast is Kageki Shoujo from summer 2021. Oof, that's a, that one's a, a, a hot pick. Now, Kageki Shoujo on the surface is about a group of high school girls going into acting school, like a trope kind of acting school. And the first couple of episodes is what I expected, which was kind of Yuri undertones with slice of life stuff, a bit of character development. Yeah, it's all fine and dandy. And I didn't expect much of it. And clearly, also my anime list and the whole world as a whole. In fact, the score dropped quite a bit to like a, from a 7 point something to like a 6.9 something at some point. I think I did the Wayback Machine to check the music archives. I mean, the, the, the web archives. Right now, it sits at like a 7.7, 7.8, which means throughout the course of its run, it had a one-point swing, which, Will, that is extremely incredible, don't you think? I, I think like to, to be able to increase your score over time is already great, but to do it within like one to two anime seasons is, is pretty incredible. It's, it's, it's a wonderful achievement. It went from being an anime that no one should consider to an anime that people should watch. And I am one of those people. And the reason why Kageki Shoujo is so good is because the first couple of episodes, just similarly to how Will feels about 86, was, oh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of what it advertised. I kind of get it, but it's, it's kind of whatever, but I'll see how it goes. And then it shows its true nature. And then you realize that you're talking about things like, like really heavy shit, like child abuse, like bulimia, like anorexic, anorexia, like... Um, inferior complex, fear of men, fear of women. It's the list goes on and on and on, and they tackle each issue with such grace and dignity, and it is so powerful. I really think that this is a great anime, and therefore is my favorite seasonal anime from season two. I'm going to be really quick with my one because I just realized we basically took almost 20 minutes just to go to the first award. Yeah, so shit. I mean, didn't this but, happen last time? Yeah, but we still managed to finish it in a timely manner. This time around, I think we're going to be a little bit more chaotic because, damn, there was some really good stuff we want to talk about. But so much. Time is time's a bitch. So my favorite anime of this anime season, past two seasons, is none other than King's Ranking uh, or Osama Ranking. Just drink, drink to King's Ranking. The fact that you released in this anime season and you're already above an 8.8 on the My Anime List ranking in the top 30 of all anime on the platform is just incredible. Um, you guys should already know the premise. Deaf boy wants to be a king. Uh, he just uh, decides deaf, to, deaf and mute. Yeah, deaf and mute so he can't talk. Uh, he knows that it speaks sign language. So there's an element of that. Blah, blah, blah. The main thing is it's just a really cute and beautiful anime with wonderful animation i mean it's wood studio like you just you the very least expected that but the character development is great the interactions are wonderful it's an all-round masterpiece i think that it's by far like if, if we talk about like how well the whole show is and the fact that it's only at the halfway point we still haven't got to the second curve yet we got so much more to expect but i can confidently say right now that in the past two seasons of seasonal anime King's Ranking takes the number one spot for me. I think King's Ranking is an exceptional anime as well, and is probably, if not the anime of fall, of like number two or 
sacrilegious to be number three. Uh, the other thing that I would say about ranking of kings before we go on to our next award is I distinctly remember a long, long time ago when we were discussing about the new seasonal stuff and Will was looking at this poster of ranking of kings and being like, what the fuck is this? It looks so stupid. It looks weird. Oh, it's by Wit Studio, but it doesn't make sense. Like, what's going on? And to be fair, I think that kind of view is, is like not surprising. And then we were both were surprisingly wrong in the best way possible. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like when you see what's to do, you expect something good out of it, but we didn't expect it to be this good, like to the point where like, it's almost record breaking. So props to you guys, Studio Wit. Props to you guys, the guys behind Osama Ranking or King of Rankings. I, Ranking of Kings. I can't wait to see what happens in the second cur of this wonderful anime series. Now, our second award goes to uh, the favorite backlog anime from season two. What we mean by backlog is any anime that we have consumed either for research or for conversation in the first segment of our numbered episodes or even our after darks. So basically anything that is not seasonal that is premiering right now as we speak. Okay, so Will, what is your runner-up? Clanet After Story. Fuck. Or just Clanet in general. Holy hell, that was a wonderful, wonderful anime to watch. Like, granted, it's not the easiest to watch because there are so many tear-jerking, like, ugly cry moments. But when you just get through all of it, even from Clanet all the way through the last parts of Clanet After Story, even watch the OVAs too. The OVAs were great too. It was just a wonderful, wonderful time. Like, I said a lot about how Fruits Basket put me on the verge of tears. This is worse than that. This uh, is worse than Arahana. There's a reason why Clanet After Story is hailed so highly. So it, it's, a, it's a wonderful adaptation. I implore you all, either watch it or play it. I'm it so be, scared. It's, it's, it's available I'm on... I'm so scared. It's available on Steam. I'm so scared to be an emotional wreck. But... I was an emotional wreck for my runner-up, which is Sounds of Life, especially season two of Sounds of Life, which was one of the shows that caught me by surprise. Uh, not that much by surprise, but it was fantastic. It's ranked really high, and I did not understand why. And then I watched all of season two, and tears kept coming nonstop. It was so good, so emotional. It's available on Netflix. I implore everyone to watch it. It is so so good and you have to watch season one and two uh as kind of like one thing so i mean in, in the same way that like clan and clan after story you gotta watch clan before after story you can't just jump straight into after story it'll all make sense when you put it all together it did the one thing where it's like basically part one and part two but separated by several seasons so uh. what's my what's your winner this one was an easy one. Uh -huh. I haven't really talked much about it, but just thinking about the show now is like, yeah, this was the best I have watched over the past two fucking seasons of Backlog Anime. It's Banana Fish. Whoa, okay. Banana Fish was just an incredible... I like crime thriller series, like whether it's live action, movies, anime, whatever it may be. 86 was... No, 86... Banana Fish was a wonderful time set in like Chicago where it's like back in like the well, actually though, the original manga was set in like the 70s 80s like after the Vietnam War this one was set in more contemporary times but still like, connected to like the fallout of the Vietnam War it was just fun to see like all these different crimes that like, it's battling for territorial domination being able to like undermine government entities that are trying to ruin their businesses and just see like the the pitfalls of 
being one of the most talented leaders of a gang in Ashling's. Like I thought his character development was the greatest I'd seen. I was thoroughly impressed. It was just such a fun anime to watch. Have you watched it yet? Nope. Okay, we can watch it over the next five years whenever you got time to watch it. Absolutely. I want to watch it, but, you know, time. But you did have time to watch your favorite backlog anime of the season. Can you guess real quick? I can't, actually. You watched so much shit, as have I. The winner is Liz and the Blue Bird. Oh, shit, okay. Which is the spin-off anime film by uh, Yoko Yamada based on the Sound Euphonium series by Kyo Annie. This show, this movie is so well realized so it looks gorgeous yes there's yuri undertones and yes i like yuri a lot it's, so it earns like an extra bounty it earns an extra point i love sound euphonium a lot so of course i was excited to see some of these characters so that it absolutely made sense for you to pick it as your favorite yes it is gorgeous it is so beautiful in terms of both the story and the way it looks a lot of minor movements mean meaning so much like a little like step, a little hesitancy says so much. And I really love the film to death. It went from, it's probably top three, top two anime films of all time for me now. God damn. Right. You had a silent voice in there as well. I know. That's crazy. Ghost in the Shell in there. Yeah. Basically those three now. So when we do our top 10 list, you can already figure out my top three already. All right. Our third award is actually about manga. And that is... Our favorite manga that hella needs an adaptation. Before in the past, we have correctly predicted some of this. I predicted it, I think, with Blue Lock. We predicted it with Spy's Family, although that one is pretty obvious. Um, so, hell yeah, we are ready to predict a bunch of stuff again. I've got a runner-up and a winner for this one. What's your runner-up, bro? Kaiju number eight. Oh, yeah? I think that of the current uh, running series that the Jump Plus platform, or even just Shueisha has right now, Kaiju number eight definitely has like the best potential in being a mainstay on their anime catalog. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, it's it's a big ask, but because of the fact that it's it's incredibly shown in, it fits the style that's I think a lot of like action adventure stuff um, that Shoisha has done before. When you see it, I, who 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 does the animation? I don't know. It could be it could be Bones, it could be Studio Wits, it could be. Um, Mappa, though if it was Mappa, that'd be kind of insane. I don't know why they would do that because they already work on so much shit. But I would love to see Kaiju Number Eight get adapted. All right, let's just drink one more. Are oh, we really blazing through these? Yeah, I know. Dude, I want us to get drunk so then when we get to stupidish awards, we are not only saying things that are stupid, but our mind is being stupid at the same time. We're forty minutes away from there, okay. <laughs> so we got a long way to go. But okay, okay. I've said Kaiju number eight as my runner up. What do you have? My runner up is Fieren Beyond Journey's End. You did talk about that, I think, two or three episodes ago. That's correct. And I think that this anime, I mean, sorry, this, I mean, should be an this, anime. This should be anime. This manga has received awards and accolades and rankings and highly rated, and I agree with all of it. It is so interesting that it is about a fantasy stereotype setting but the demon lord has been defeated everything's over and that's when the story begins and it's about a girl who is an elf who lives for hundreds and hundreds of years but everyone around her doesn't and her perspective is different and things just die and she has to learn how to live being this person who can outlive everyone else and it's tragic beautiful and everything in between 
my winner for the manga that Hella needs in adaptation is actually a manhwa. And I've talked about this before. It's Bastard. Now, we've mentioned we actually had an episode talking about the the webtoon collaboration with Crunchyroll, and we have like you know different feelings about each property, right? So Tower of God, um, the God of High School, and um, Noblesse, Noblesse, however you pronounce it. All of them are well received. To what the hell is this, right? But in recent times, at least when it comes to webtoon animation, adaptations, a lot of them actually started moving into live action adaptations. So we talked about Hellbound, talked about Sweet Home, and speaking of Sweet Home, Karen B. Kim, the creator of Sweet Home, also has Bastard. Now, Bastard is just a standalone manhwa; it doesn't have an adaptation. But I would like to see Netflix or especially actually Crunchyroll. Please, if you're going to continue doing this webtoon partnership. Please adapt. Just, just adapt, bastard. You already have a live adaptation for Sweet Home, which I kind of liked, but the manhwa is better. But Bastard is a much better manhwa than Sweet Home. And I like suspense thrillers. I think a lot of people like suspense thrillers. It'd be wonderful to see it get adapted. My f- my winner for favorite manga that Hella needs an adaptation has already been mentioned. That's Kaiju number eight. It, it, it's a fun time, right? There, you think, like, in terms of like a formula, it's the simplest one that they just get the right studio and produce. I'm telling you right now, if Kaiju Number Eight does not get an anime adaptation in like the next couple of years, the anime industry is losing out on earning a lot of money and exposing this property to a lot of people that should know about this. It hits the right shonen tropes that you know you're going to be able to get enough people to enjoy. And then after I mean like the manga sales have been doing quite well too. Yeah. And Will has been te- has been bugging me about this forever and I just finished the first volume cuz it got published digitally and physically like for reals. You can still watch it on uh you can still read it on Jump Plus but like really it's it I'm sorry I did not wa- read it earlier. But it's not like great, but it's so fun, so good. That's what I would say. All right, now we're on to some really, really personal shit. The best girl slash waifu of season two. My runner-up is pretty simple. It is one of the girls from Girlfriend, Girlfriend called Nagisa. She is the blue-haired or the blue-colored character because each of the four girls has a specific color dedicated to uh, their persona and their attire. Uh, Big boob waifu who loves to cook, and is super innocent and cute, hell yeah, best girl, 100%. Would I want to marry her, though? Uh, But as a girlfriend, yeah, sure, why not? End of the day, she is cute and wholesome as fuck, and she is so innocent and pure, you just gotta hug her all the time. My runner-up is actually from Ida Ten. It's Miku. The big titty tan girl succubi, succubus. Oh, yo, the one that's in the opening credits, right? Yeah, the one with like the long ass tongue, yeah, like, yeah, super yeah. seductive, and doesn't actually like have a lot of crazy demon powers, but like her influence on the story is crazy. Um, dude, who doesn't like no big titty girl anime? I mean, girls, I just right? literally just said one right? too, right? Like, she's just a funny character to have. It's just when you see the juxtaposition between like all these crazy monsters, and then you just see her, where like she doesn't have much offered to like the world of demons, but she's also such an influential character and the most memorable one. There are some other memorable characters too who also have big titties, but this is like the the most memorable one. Isn't there a nun? Yes. 
Okay, that, let's just leave it at that. Yes. Either 10, Deity is No Only Peace is the anime that Will is talking about. I actually really do also want to watch it. There's just so much I want to consume. You but did watch the opening. I did watch the opening. Opening is fucking fantastic. At least do that, please. All right. My winner for Best Girl, Best Wife of Season 2, Will, what is it? Just go ahead. Let the world know. No, no. Say you, it out loud. No, Because I want to say my one, but I don't want to have to ruin any surprises. Just just say it. Comey from Comey Can't Communicate. Oh, no way. Comey Shoko. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. But Comey, it's, it's, a cool, it's a cool show. The character pretty much is, like, the main focus, and I, I think, like... I think the studio did it justice right, compared to the manga. OLM, too. Can You're just like, we are both shocked that OLM produced of this caliber. Not say OLM is bad, but... You, you can see there's a little bit of rustiness in certain scenes, especially with the 3D. Yes, but, definitely. But, like, hey, like good of the, job. Like of the desks and the classroom. But, and, the, and the pan shots to the front door. Yeah, but well put together. Well composed. It is, in terms of anime adaptations, I can't ask for anything better, to be honest. It, it, was, it was really good. All right. My... Waifu slash best girl of season two comes from Chihaya Furu. Yeah? It's not Chihaya. No, it's the Ice Queen. It's Kanada Oe. Okay, uh, for listeners, who is she? I know who she is, but... She is a lover of the classics. When it comes to playing Kurata... Kurata? Karuta? Fuck. Now it's my turn to fuck it up. Kurata, I think. Yeah. She loves the game, not basically on the gameplay, but the actual poems that are attached to it. Not to mention that when she plays it, she needs to wear her kimono. So she has a sense of elegance and just pride in what she does. Not to mention she's also got big titties too. I don't know why they did that, but hey, they mentioned that in the show too, how she's very small, but also got big titties. Nah. Anyways, wonderful character. You could see her dedication to the craft, even if it's just from an artistic standpoint. And she, you could see her, like in terms of like her character development, she she grinds and grinds and practices and manages to get herself in the higher rankings of the Karate game. I, I fucking love her. It, Best girl. I think she is a very important character within Chihaya Furu because she offers a perspective that a lot of people don't really have, which is they treat the sport as a sport, but technically it's based on poems. And she looks at it from the academic, the poetic perspective, and that actually enhances her knowledge when she plays the game to a certain degree. And there's no doubt in my mind that she is a very good character as well. Okay. Um, now it comes to the opposite side, which is the best boy slash husbando of season two. My runner-up is Boji from Ranking of Kings. Easy. My, my runner was also Boji from Ranking of Kings. Dude is awesome. Dude is inspirational. Dude is cute as fuck. I think the only thing that holds him back from winning number one for me is just the fact that we're only just at the halfway point. Right. We don't know what happens in, Kerr, in the second Kerr. But we like what we see already. I mean... Boji, like, we love your journey so far. Yeah, and also, Will and I agree that the winner is Haruhatsu from Fruits Basket. We're just saying... What? what? Really? Actually, no. Oh, shit. What? I actually have Ash Lynx from (gasps) from Banana Fish as my best boy. No fucking way. Haruhatsu was a close... Was a third. He was definitely a top three. But unfortunately, Boji and Banana Fish, Ash Lynx had... Just beat him out. Okay, so Ash Links is from Banana Fish, as you said earlier on. Hatsuharu is from Fruits Baskets. He is the ox or the cow, and dude is awesome. Kudere is fuck. Fucking awesome, bro. But, like, yo, you gotta love his demeanor. And, like, his, the fact that he's such a, like, on, on one hand, you think like he's just a dunce, but he's actually, like, the most real character there is. And extremely observant as well. And consider, like, consideration of other people's feelings. And then for me, Ash Link is just badass, just 
basically just, just destroy his gang members and is able to hold his own. He's a young leader of a gang himself at the age of 19. Bro, like, in terms of, like, male leads, up there. I, I would love to have watched a show with him in almost any other crime thriller there is. Now, we transition from stuff that are best and favorites to some that are the most disappointing of season two. This is not to say that, like, they're bad shows. It's just that maybe, like, the weight of expectation along with the delivered product just didn't match up. Well, one, I think, is not a bad show, but very disappointing. The other one is a very bad show and very disappointing. My runner-up is, unfortunately, Blue Period. Blue Period is the Netflix exclusive of a guy who wants to get into art school. It's currently airing on Netflix exclusively. And it is based on a manga that I really adore. Gave it 10 out of 10. You're not the only one. It's very highly ranked on my anime list. Absolutely. Um, I hotly anticipated this. And to be fair, to be absolutely fair, the manga, the anime adaptation is fine. It's actually pretty good. It's above average. But comparatively to the manga, it, it doesn't have that kind of artistic style, which is hilarious because it's about art. It doesn't have that flair, that gusto, that the manga which is static, produces that something animated doesn't even have. Like, when you compare it to the manga, it just really doesn't have its own legs to stand on, right? Honestly, yes. I feel like if you are not reading the manga, you are doing yourself a disservice to not appreciate this property. And if you like the anime adaptation, that's fine. But then read the manga. My runner-up most disappointing of the season... Actually, it wasn't that bad a show, but I think because of how it started off, it meant that my expectations of it were sky high and then it just dilapidated, and that's tacked up destiny. The first two episodes were some of the greatest things I'd seen, at least in this anime season. Maybe not in the previous one because there was some good shit back then, but I was really enjoying the opening of this anime series, this original anime series. I'll just say that I also only watched the first two episodes. I agree with what Will is saying currently so far. However, after those first two episodes, things kind of went downhill. Like, it wasn't that it was bad. It's just that when you start off with such hype and energy and adrenaline, and then you tone it down, and it goes on for, like, the next five, six episodes, only to bring it back up a bit again in the most recent episode, it just feels like it's a bit of a downer. Like, you would hope that they'd be able to keep up that level of energy. And I understand that you need to do some backstory, some character development, some world building, blah, blah, blah. But you don't have to completely shut down on the hype. You don't have to just remove every single energetic fucking battle sequence and just save it for the last part or only do it in the beginning part. Overall, it was just very inconsistent with what it was trying to portray. I know it's supposed to be music-focused, but the music's only okay, right? Like, after that, you kind of want to see more stuff happen on screen, and unfortunately, it doesn't really happen. I mean, especially when you compare it to things like Vivi, right? Oh, like, dude, fucking Vivi was great, but I can't pick it again because right. Vivi goes in the previous season. Now, how much do you want to bet, Will, that our winner for most disappointing season two is exactly the same? Is it Haiku Monogatari? No. Well, okay, so it's not the same then. I don't want to bet anymore. <laughs> Wonder Egg priority finale and special. Uh, see, like, I just chose not to even include that because that was just unfair, but I can see why you picked it. The Wonder Egg priority anime is one anime series that's an original source and that I really, really adore. So I was expecting a lot from the one-hour finale. And I really don't like the finale at all. Like, really, really don't like the finale. In fact, it wasn't even much of anything. I don't think anyone enjoyed it. And it was such a slap in the face to what was presented beforehand that... Not to mention, like, the months of wait in between. Let me just say this. 
the one hour special includes a recap and the recap was better than the actual original content. That it that just tells you what the fuck. All right. Heike Monogatari was my most disappointing, and simply because of the fact that it was Science Saru. Uh, it was the first major thing that Ian Choi was doing with a new director. That uh, I really like, too. I, 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 here's the thing. Heike Monogatari is actually a very beautiful story. And a lot of the stuff that they do, like it's not necessarily like high-ranked on my anime list, but it is like it's, it's, it strikes a good balance between critics' choice and popular choice. This, on the other hand, though, was very, very very unique and not in like the best of ways it was basically set in like the 13th 14th century of um of, of, of like, even way before feudal japan and i have to say that yeah like sometimes when you look into like old japanese history it can be really fun and really like intellectual really really like educational but like to pick like the 13th 14th century of like japanese history it just felt so esoteric like, I didn't really, like, understand any of the elements there. And then some of the folklore and the stories they brought in was just not quite, like, matching my expectations. Like, look, for some people who could appreciate it from an artistic level, no problem. I just, I, I couldn't vibe with it enough. And unfortunately, like, it's just the only downer in the Science Sarah catalog. I'm sure that like, they'll be able to pick it up again later on and have some other stuff that, like, I really like. At the moment, this is probably the weakest thing I've seen. Um, I could be wrong, though. I haven't watched the last two, three episodes, so, hey. So that's more than I have watched. I think I've watched up to episode three or four, and um, basically the episode that involves one of the sisters, I think. I thought that episode, though, was really good. But I also agree that the... Generally, it's, it's quite slow. Not only slow, but when you introduce a time period where no one really knows, and you also add in, like, imperial palace kind of sensibilities and drama that the western world does not even have any idea you need to ease people in and when you don't everyone just goes away because they don't know what to do with it it does look nice though i agree but uh... i expected a lot more out of it that's basically it okay well should we move on move on to the next thing let's go okay so we talked about disappointments sorry um, just a quick thing. My second runner-up for most disappointing was Tech Opt, and my third runner-up was Hikei Monogatari. So I wasn't too far off then. No, you're not. Okay. But we move on to the next category, which is the most surprising or the best discovery of Season 2. So what do you mean by that? It's more sort of like something we just stumbled upon, or maybe it was a show that we had to watch for a seasonal homework and we just didn't really know what to think of it but after consuming it you're like oh wow that really changed my opinion of it or like i did not expect it to be that good or something that on the surface looked like something and then after consuming more of it you realize that it's something else i'll just go really quick because my runner up is sunny boy and my winner is kageki shoujo literally those are it it's the exact same as my favorite seasonal anime my two are just different from everything i mentioned so far my runner up is odd taxi Okay. Yeah. So knowing I, that, like, of course, the score was already really high, but when you look at the poster, when you look at the trailers, you're like, you just like don't have any clue what the show is about. And like, after watching the first episode, I was just like, this is cool, but like, I don't really know if I'm vibing with it. But after a while, when you start listening to more of the music and you start getting more into the characters, and then the plot starts to unfold, all in all, it was an incredibly wonderful time. I think the ranking for itself is is, is definitely well deserved. It, it looks really high on paper, but I think it got there because the fact that most people did enjoy what they what they watched so yeah definitely 
most surprising. I wouldn't say best discovery, but most surprising for sure. My winner, on the other hand, and this one was like by far the craziest surprise I have. When we did our fashion episode, I did not imagine that I was going to enjoy a lot of the stuff we watched simply because it's very much like hardcore slice of life, romance, drama, and it's just very different from the usual edgy action adventure shit that I like. But one show in particular stole everything. It just it just stole the spotlight, and it was Princess Jellyfish. I did not expect that I was going to love the shit out of Princess Jellyfish, but it was just a wonderful story. The characters were super likable. The plot twists in there were also expected, but when you saw it, you knew you were going to enjoy it. I did not have a single bad time watching this. Plus, the animation sequences were pretty cool, despite it being a very, very old anime. I just I just had feel-good vibes all the way through. And like I, if you were to tell me that this is going to be an anime that I liked before I even consumed any of it, I would say you're crazy. So, um, going fast forwarding quite a bit, we have a category called favorite moments from season two of the podcast. Unfortunately, it will liking Princess Jellyfish more than me did not make it, but it was second runner up. I just want to say that. Okay. Uh, so I already told you my surprise in discovery, which is Sunny Boy and Kakeki Shoujo being the winner and runner up. Okay. Now we talk about our next category, which is, quote-unquote, best anime and manga that we haven't consumed yet. And we will do that after we consume this Shadow Sake. So I think my runner-up is very um, straightforward. My winner is not. My my runner-up is Odd Taxi. We have talked about it even in our season one finale about Odd Taxi. Will has watched it and endorses it fully. He even said it within this episode. It is the best anime and manga that we haven't consumed yet in terms of just runner-up, though. For me, my one was a manga. It's Boys Run the Riot. Oh, shit. It made a lot of awards. It had the Librarian Award as well for one of the anime manga, one of the manga series that students, high school students, middle school, elementary, they, they should check out. But I just haven't gotten around to starting reading it. I really think we should check it out. I mean, yeah, I have it. And also, I know I will like it. But then if I read it now, it will have to factor into season two. I think I even told you that. So I'm saving it for season three. And it's also about very serious topics. Yeah. And so I need to save it for season three. Uh, But there's only four volumes. So it's also pretty short and sweet, apparently. So we will definitely check in once we consume it and talk about it, hopefully in season three. My winner of best anime and manga that we haven't consumed yet is Arcane. Arcane is the Netflix show. Okay, okay, before that, are we considering that an anime now? Is it is it animated? It's an animation, but like, are we like how 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 pedantic do we need to be here? I I don't know how pedantic we need to be here, but I would argue that in terms of like League of Legends, for example, which is what the Arcane is based off of, has heavy influence in anime. You cannot deny that. So would you say Samurai Jack is an anime? Yes. Right. Would you say that The Simpsons is an anime? I would say it's a cartoon. Right. So, again, thin lines. But I, I, I see where you're coming from, Parker. I was just being a bit of a nitpicky asshole. No, I understand. It, 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 I mean, you're not going to be the only one when you hear me say this. But I would have to say that not only do I used to play a lot of League of Legends, although I hate it now, but I still have very fondness for certain characters. And it just so happens those characters are in Arcane. Uh, also, it does look really good. Like, it emphatically looks super gorgeous and fluid. 
and we have friends who have consumed it and friends who know that we consume anime and was like, dude, why are you not on this shit? So I will consume it. For me, I think it was like I never really played nor cared about League of Legends. But then, like you know, a, a close friend of ours also said, "You don't have to have played the game to care about it. Just just watch it for what it is. It's a wonderful animation. You don't need to play the game ever. Not because of Arcane. Just don't. I just, don't. I just, don't want just, to. Just don't. What's your winner, bro? For that, that was it. I only had one. I oh, mean, there's a lot. Oh, no of, contest. No contest at all. I think everything else is like it. It'll come in due time. It's just that. I wanted to highlight a manga because I am really behind on a lot of shit. And I think, like, most anime in due time will like, actually get, get watched anyway. But this is kind of like, now that I've put it out there, I really did push Boys Run the Riot to, like, the front of the line. So that no matter what, even if I do have time now to consume something, it really should be a manga as opposed to another anime. Because anime for us, we will consume eventually. But for me, manga takes a little bit longer if it's not if i'm not reading jojo or one piece then like i'm not really reading all that much i'm reading a lot on a weekly basis so i'm actually surprised you didn't have like a more for the manga that needs to be adapted because i read them what what do you mean adapted yeah because you only you only mentioned two uh, then uh, did you mention do you have like a second or third runner up there are three two one that i deleted and two that i still have on the docket do you want it yeah let's fucking do it uh my second runner up being third place is a slice of life romance story called sweat and soap that i've not really mentioned ever it's really really good uh the last one is mashal which ah, is yes i've read some mashal too which is the jump plus kind of like one punch man parody of magic and muscle so I'm surprised sakamoto days was in make it. do you think it's just cuz it's like another one of those like spy crime like comedies that like spy x family already did so it's like, good but it's not that unique whereas, Ma- X, yeah. whereas mashal is so slapstick good it's hilarious yeah it's harry potter one punch man right exactly okay our next category is our most favorite slash important slash impactful news story from season two i've got one and one outright winner and that's it i have a runner up and a winner so i think i'll say my runner up first which we have already mentioned previously which was Mamoru Hosoda Bell receiving a 14-minute standing ovation at Cannes. Sure, say what you will about standing ovations and say what you will about Cannes, but the fact that that happened says something of not only Mamoru Hosoda, but how people treat anime as a whole. And I think that that is extremely impactful. Most of the time, you're reserving it to like live actions, right? So to actually see a Japanese animation get that kind of ovation, festival or not, fucking incredible. Now, Will... um. Here's a quick question. Your winner, does that news story appear in episode 13? I don't remember which episode it came from, but it's definitely a sequel announcement, if that's what you're referring to. Oh, then no, that's not what I'm saying. What, what was your winner? The Tommy Galaxy sequel announcement. Tommy Time Machine Blues. Like, come on, man. Like, my favorite anime of all time now getting a sequel. Not to mention, like, all the other shit getting translated into English as well. And also having watched Night of Short Walk-On Girl. Goddamn, I fucking love... Love the Tatami Galaxy franchise. It's, oh, God. I cannot get enough of that shit. And I'm super happy to wait till next year to get all the, you know, all the sequel has to offer. My winner is a news story that reported in episode 13. It is Kickstarter suspends anime tube crowdfunding campaign. This uh, Kickstarter is a whole saga of just crazy, stupid mess unrealistic expectations uh naive uh donators 
is just all right crazy, right? Because you have a Kickstarter that claims to have the possibility of rights of all these well-known anime like Fullmetal Alchemist, Attack on Titan, Death Note, and also to have free plans with ads, but everything is free. But also, like, we have over a thousand certain catalogs, which you can't know anymore because we deleted it from our Kickstarter page. Oh, people like Faku founder came out and called you out. The founder of Faku, bro, of all the people, and also several people that they said that they were in talks for licensing, they replied back and was like, no, 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 bro, you, what are you talking about? I've never talked to you ever. And it was just such a mess. Basically by saying that they sent an email to somebody that counted as a correspondence. Or like a Twitter mention or something, yeah. Fucking stupid. And this this thing got 100K and eventually had to be suspended by Kickstarter. But the fact that there was 100K already, what the fuck, guys? I mean, I want an anime service, streaming service that does everything. But come on. Like, you, 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 you got to put a little bit more work into that shit, right? You can't just... Like, you can't just like do shit that like sounds simple. To, oh, you know what? Then send an email to these people, and then afterwards, wait for them to come back, and it all work itself out. No, you you got to put time and research into it, and actually provide something that is like concrete evidence. Otherwise, when we smell your bullshit, we will call you out on your bullshit. Oh, you say you can get the license for Jujutsu Kaisen and all these other stuff? No way. No, no, sorry. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Our next uh, category is our favorite moments from season two of the podcast. So this is not necessarily with uh, an anime or a manga that we consumed or anything. Or even a news. Or news story. It is literally the moment of the podcast while we record that has happened or occurred. I got one outright winner. What you got? Big anime titty spit take. That is my second runner up. So that is episode 17. Oh no, not episode seventeen. Um, it was the it was the gotta watch them all when we talked about twenty episode uh, twenty when I talked about Bakemonogatari and Hanakawa, right? Yes. Now she, if you liked big titty anime girls, and you're gonna love her, and you had just been mid gulp of your water and had to. There was water I, 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 everywhere. The, the projectile spit everything out. Like, like it wasn't even a fake thing. It was like I actually did. Like, and it was like like water on the ground and everything. Okay, yeah. That was a fun moment. It was also just fun to watch Bakemonogatari. As for you to watch JoJo as well. Yeah, it was. So my second runner-up favorite moment, as I mentioned earlier, was Will liking Princess Jellyfish more than me. The runner-up, though, is Will being quote-unquote wrong about Chihaya Furu and Bakemonogatari, which is episode 18 and episode 20. The reason why I say that is because he literally said that on air. I think I was wrong or something. He said the word, I was wrong. And that is what I uh, had as my runner-up. But my favorite moment of all time is not uh, of season two. It's not actually from an After Dark, nor from a numbered episode. It was from uh, Bits and Pieces, specifically BP5. Will watching anime that is faster than 1.0 times speed. Oh, right. (laughs) Because, my God, (laughs) to this day, I still cannot comprehend... Why someone would do that, whether it's 1.2, 1.5, 2.0, 2.5. And yes, you do consume a lot of anime in such a short period of time. But at what cost, my man? Hey, man, sometimes a movie takes two hours to watch where you only have 40 minutes. So you got to have to do more than just times two speed. Okay, so now we have gotten to our last two awards, which are our big boy awards, which is our best manga from season two. 
and our best anime from season two. And before we do that, cheers to you again, Jason. Cheers. Okay. My best manga from season two. The runner-up is Fieren Beyond Journey's End. I won't go on and on about it anymore. You should just read it. End of story. Best anime runner-up. Oof. No, manga. Manga? We do manga first? Yeah. Okay. Manga's first and then anime. Right. Bastard. I only have Bastard. As a no contest winner? It's the only one I've read. My winner for best manga from season two is Pluto. Pluto being a very, very old manga written by the same person who wrote Monster and loosely based off of the Astro Boy lore. Urasawa, right? Yes. Don't forget 20th Century Boys. And 20th Century Boys and 19th Century Boys, which I love. 19th? Oh, no, sorry. 21st Century is yeah. the sequel, but it was very short. I was going to say, is there, did he released a prequel? Oh, shit. I didn't know that. <laughs> Fuck, I'm drunk and I'm saying all this stupid shit. Pluto is so good. Like, the story incorporating the future and robots and androids and the murder mystery and everything, it is so well crafted. If you like Monster, honestly... If you like Monster, which I think every single human being would if you read it, Pluto is just as good. It's not very long, is it? No. It's only seven or eight volumes? Yeah, something like that. But, like, I think they put it in two and one omnibus, so it's, like, I think 14, something like that. But heavily, heavily, uh, like, in terms of uh, critics talking about this uh, property, and so fantastic. We now reached the pinnacle of the serious, serious-ish awards. The best manga from season two. My runner-up. Best up, anime. Best anime. Fuck. Well, I mean, it, whatever we talk about probably has an, a manga counterpart, right? Or an OG source as the manga. Um, I got two. I got a runner-up yeah. and a winner. Yeah, me too. But both I, of them already featured in the early parts of this uh, this episode. My best anime from season two runner-up is Liz and the Blue Bird. Wait. So what was your what was your number one then? What was your runner-up, Will? My runner-up was Banana Fish. My winner of best anime from season two of the Good Anime Palette podcast is none other than Fruits Basket. I I couldn't put it there. I, I, I really enjoyed Fruits Basket, but I just couldn't because of the fact that I watched the majority of Fruits Basket before we did season two. Particularly part one, season one, and like half of season two. I, it, it definitely qualifies for it, but I had a different anime for best anime of season two. Which is? 86, bro. Okay. 86 is just... Uh, Sawano, my dude. You, you said Jobless last time, and that made me watch Jobless, and I, I really like it. Now you said 86, so I guess I have to follow the trend, right? 86 is just because, like... You want more than just peak Sawano? Like, come on. Like, this is it. Like, you gotta get on that Sawano train. I know you really know enough and love Sawano, but you gotta watch 86. I understand that Fruits Basket is... It comes with a huge caveat for me. Because it is a lot of episodes, and it spans three seasons. I get it. But it is so good. It is so good. And obviously, it gets better. Because it has all the stuff built up from the previous season. It's I've, definitely changed like my hierarchy when it comes to cry moments. Before, like the ultimate was Anohana. But now Anohana is third, followed by the Fruits Basket. 
number one, of course, is kind of actor story, but I've already talked about that. But that just shows like the level that Fritz Basket is at. Like, it's just it's it's an incredible story, insanely emotional, but one that like when you watch it, you feel rewarded. You don't feel like you've lost something. I would quickly say that my second runner-up is Sounds of Life. You should definitely watch season one and two, 100%. And Kageki Shoujo being my third runner-up, which is fourth place. But emphatically, Fruits Basket is number one of all time in terms of season two. I'm surprised you didn't have any of the girls in your best waifu or or best girl from Fruits Basket. Yeah, well. You didn't think Horse Girl deserves a spot? No. Oh, no. I really like her though. I thought she was great, but then I guess if you're gonna take away like the main character out of it, that's how it was like hard to beat. <laughs> Not just that, but do you think you can handle a Rin? I can't handle a Rin. It doesn't have to be someone you you know marry or, or hold their hands. It could just be someone you can uh, appreciate from a, from a distance far. That's what Hatsuharu had to do for a whole fucking season two. And right now we are gonna stand back and take a break from. The season two finale. I I got drunk pretty quickly. Yeah, me too. So we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will not only get into our stupidish awards. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some awesome fun. So catch you later in a bit, guys. Welcome back to the second half of the Good Anime Palette Podcast Season 2 Finale, Episode 24. I am your co-host, Jason, and I'm joined, as always, as usual, with semi-drunk Will over here, and I'm also semi-drunk. Dude, we're two bottles of sake deep now, so we're, we're, we're entering the crunchy part of today's recording. And we literally did it within an hour. Not to mention crunchy, we're also eating some nice chicken bites from Shake Shack. Yep. Really, really good. So, let's get stupid, people. We are now into our stupid-ish awards, which is not necessarily dumb, but for more the funnish side. And let's start with the funnest fuck, Mary kill of the anime edition, which is whose whose head would you pat, whose hand would you hold, and whose body you would hit with a truck. Meaning, whose head would you pat, kind of like, get together... Whose hand would you hold for a commitment marriage? And whose body would you hit with a truck to get Isekai to another universe? We will provide three candidates, and the other person has to pick head pat, handhold, or truck for each of those three candidates. I also have uh, the candidates of my own that I have also picked. So, okay. Will. One of the shows that I watched that I really, really liked contains a lot of badass women. So, Will, which whose head would you head pat, whose hand would you hold, and whose body would you hit with a truck for Revy, Roberta, and Balalaika from Black wow, Lagoon? Wow, fuck you. You have to pick those three? The three uh, female kind of heroines in Black Lagoon season one that I've consumed. God damn. Roberta, Revy, Balalaika. Ah, uh, but I tell you my answer. I would head pat Revy. 
I would handhold Roberta, and I would truck Balalaika. You know what? I, I actually would go with that order, too. Not that I don't like Balalaika. It's just that she's too scary, man. I mean, there's also a uh, dude that you've seen Roberta and, and, and Revy, both of them are terrifying. Yeah, but, but if I handhold Roberta, then she will be fighting for me. And Revy is great, but like doses. She's, so, she's incredibly broken. So all you can do is like, you that, know, pat her from, from a distance, a yeah, very, very far distance. But a head pat nonetheless, right? So that leaves Bella Laika with a truck. Cause it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. Also, in season one, you see a glimpse of the power that Balalaika has, and that's scary as fuck. So I would run her with a truck and isekai her somewhere else. Just to be safe, right? I think, yeah, I would definitely agree that you want to pat Revy on the head. I think she she deserves some love and care, but you also know that for her, it's kind of hard to understand what love and care is. So if you were to shower her with love, she would probably take that as a threat, and she'll just be incredibly uncomfortable, and you would probably end up dead. Whereas with Roberta... Maybe there's a chance you can reform her. Maybe there's a chance that you can show her that there's a better life out there. But she is dedicated, and marriage is... You you want to have her on your side. Yeah, you definitely. Would de- Actually, all three of them you want to have on your side. Like, you have to eliminate one immediately. I'm sorry about Laika, but you're out. All right. Will, what you got for me? Okay. So, head pat, handhold, or body truck? I've got Shoko Komi from Komi Can Communicates. Yeah. I've got Toru... From Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Okay. And I've got Izuzu Soma, a.k.a. Rin, from Fruits Basket. You've got to pat one of them on the head. You've got to hold oh, one of them by the simple. hand. Very uh, simple. Rin, I would head pat. Uh, Komi, I would handhold. And sorry, uh, the, the basically the male equivalent of Kobayashi. Uh, wait, what was the Kobayashi one? Toru. Yeah, he, she's gone. Sorry. The male equivalent. The, the female equivalent, because I, I got mixed up. Kobayashi is the male equivalent, kind of. Yeah. He's, she, he's, she's, she's the dad, essentially. She's the dude. She's the dude. She's not a dude. She's a woman, but, you know. She's the fatherly figure, motherly figure, whatever figure she is. But that was actually quite easy for you to pick. Very easy. Super easy. Um, Yeah. I mean, Rin is broken, though, so I don't think we can handhold for very long, so a head pat it's, it it's, shall be. It's funny for both of us that like the most broken characters, yet like just somewhat very lovable. We want to, you know, at a distance pat their head. I mean, Comey is just priceless, really. True. And she's also the least threatening of the three. And she's the most misunderstood of the three, I would All say. All she just wants is love and friendship. She right? wants a hundred friends, bro. And you could be one of them. And Toru, well, have you seen her wreck shit, bro? Same thing with Balalaika. No. Like, okay, let's say for argument's sake, I head pat her or I handhold her. If we were to get into an argument, I'm dead. Like, forget it. Like, game over. There's nothing I can do. So, yeah, she she goes down with the truck. All right, that was easy. The next one, the next award is the AELI5 award or the Explain Like I'm 5 award. So they give you a general description if you're not familiar with it. It basically means that there might be something that is widely agreed upon or widely accepted amongst the general populace, whether it's on the internet or just on the street, but an opinion that neither Jason nor I or both don't quite understand. And we need someone to at least really explain to us what the reasoning is or why the hell this thing is the way it is. And not even to explain it to us like full-grown adults. Explain it to us like how a toddler would understand it. 
And my runner-up is Iruma-kun. Iruma-kun, uh, The Demon School, is an anime that has not only received a third season recently that was announced, but has also jumped high in terms of the amount of attention and hype and ranking. And even though I have not consumed all of season one, I've consumed the same as well, which is like half, maybe several, several episodes, like six episodes in or something. I don't get it still. Maybe season two, which to be fair, is more highly rated. It, it flips the switch similar to how Fruits Basket is kind of like that. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I've watched a little bit of Urumakun. And I can see why people enjoy it, but I also don't see why it's like high and above all other shit that we talk about this season. It's 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 extremely popular, and I can only see it as like a mid show. It's like a seven point five. Yeah, honestly, maybe that's, less. Yeah, that's how I see it as well. So maybe we'll be proven wrong, but as it stands right now, I need someone to explain it to me. Like I'm five. Why Aruma Kun matters? What's your runner up, Will? My runner up is about Bell. Now, not to say like it was a bad movie, not to say it was a great movie. I really enjoyed the movie. Far away, like if you listened to our Hosoda After Dark, you know how much I liked the movie. What I don't understand is why it's it's so controversial in terms of its rating on my anime list, or even just general rankings. Why people shit on it? Why people like say it's not as good as it's supposed to be, or it's just basically like a like a, a Ghibli slash Disney knockoff when it really it's just its own thing. Like, I can see why the criticism comes. Because come. it's Beauty and the Beast, and it's been done before. But, and but it's just like, but like, fuck you guys! Like, it's such a wonderful show. It's, it's a wonderful movie. It's so beautiful. The music's fantastic. I you want to like criticize it for it copying something or like being a mirror image or something you could say that for a lot of different shows like at that point it's like now you're just critiquing it for not being original which is such a such a fucking blase criticism now you're just a hipster trying to go against the mainstream or yeah whatever yeah i totally agree with that statement um i think bell is a great film but will i need someone to explain to me like i'm five the winner is an anime that is almost the polar opposite of Bell. It has zero color, so bland. It's gothic in style, kind of. And I've tried it to watch it once, twice, three times, and I still don't get it. It is Ergo Proxy. Ergo Proxy is a cyberpunk anime that features heavily um, a kind of gothic-looking girl and kind of a utopian kind of desert... like weird society and there's like the people that live outside the city that are fucked and everything look it's so highly rated i don't get why i've watched it three times three times rewatched it and i get further and further each time and it only solidifies the fact that i don't give a shit and i don't understand it more and more each rewatch so maybe if i rewatch it like the eighth time i'll get through it but as it stands please someone explain to me why ergo proxy is good furthermore i don't like the fan base as well a lot of them are very pretentious and say like oh this is so deep this is like and i i am like that with certain shows so i get the sentiment but when i don't get it then you know like i'm not trying to say that you don't deserve to have that opinion i just don't get it bro like explain it to me like honestly really will what do you think I, I think your criticisms are definitely worth it. I, I think that 
I didn't like Ergo Proxy either. It just seems like, oh, it's just a show that is so smart that maybe you just don't understand it. Or, like, it's so artsy that you're just, you know, like a fucking, like, a reverse hipster. You're just hating on things that are different. But, Will, if you were to tell me there was a cyberpunk show, already I'm on board. If you're telling me that it features a heavily badass woman, Ghost in the Shell, Psychopaths, I'm totally on board with Ergo Proxy. If you're telling me that there's, like, robots, kind of discrimination, what is real, what is not those are science tropes that we both have properties that we love that are like that, like Blade Runner, for example, but not Blade Runner Black Lotus. But, right? Like, on paper, it sounds awesome. But I don't get it. That's it. I'm done with the ELI 5. My top explain like I'm 5 is, and this is honestly like something people will probably never understand because it's, it's just the way the anime industry works. Why are anime series that are so low rated and don't actually have really good manga sales stats keep getting adapted for second seasons or sequels for example we had a million i'm standing on a million lives and it was very poorly rated on my anime list didn't really sell a lot on like in terms of manga and yeah it's on netflix but like when you look at all the other netflix shows on there it actually is worse than what you already have as its current existing catalog but for some reason, it got a second season, right? Nagataro, I think, got a second season. Fuck, like even like how to not summon the demon king, demon lord. Like, okay, I can see there's some fanfare, but it, it's it's not a very highly rated show either. And like these things just keep on getting renewed or getting like greenlit for sequels and second seasons. And I, I, am I just a hater? Don't forget House of the House Husband and don't... House of the House Husband is, was... Okay, there's some merit to it, but I can understand too. Like, it wasn't a great show. Well, I, I actually quite like it, but it is not that high in my books either. But I do like it for what it is. I love the manga, though. The manga's awesome. Another one is that I reminded of recently is there is an anime called Megaton, some sort of mecha anime that is like a six point something, six point whatever on my anime list, and no one really... I've never heard anything about it. It got a second season. I'm just like, okay, but what made you had that decision? What what caused this to happen? But I guess whatever, because, you know, we will never get a No Game No Life season two, but we will get a Megaton season two, so fuck this thing. You know what? You're always going to keep getting more and more Seven Deadly Sins because, hey, it's super popular, even though the, the Studio Dean adaptations of it have been extremely atrocious. So, yeah, that's something I'll never be able to understand. Even if you were to explain it to me like I'm five, I probably would still disagree or just not give a fuck. All right. When it comes to the personas that Will and I have for the good anime palette podcast, and in general, Will lean more towards the dark side and I lean more towards the light. Not saying one is better than the other. is just the way it is and it's just people are into different things. Such that Will is called nicknamed the Edgelord Sama, and I'm called Fluffy Sama, but Will would call me Fluffy Senpai. Therefore, our next two categories, our awards, are dedicated to each of these personas with the Fua Fuari Fua Fuaru Award, which is kind of just like the fluffy, wholesome award. If, if nobody knows like where it comes from, it's from Bakemonogatari. Yeah, it's just fluffy shit. The most fluffiest of shits. And then... On the other side, the Prison of Eternity and Cruelty Award for the most edgelord uh, product that we have consumed in Season 2. 
So, let's start with the wholesome shit. Will, do you have a runner-up and a winner? Nope, just an outright winner because it was probably the fluffiest thing I'd seen over the past six months. I think it is the same as my winner, so I'll just talk about the runner-up. Teasing Master Takagi-san is awesome. Very wholesome. I love the manga. And third season and the movie has been announced. Third season is coming real, real soon. You should watch it. It is great. Now, I, Yeah, I, I just need to renew my Crunchyroll subscription so I can watch season one before I start watching season two on, on Netflix. I, I, I don't understand why they did that. So let's talk about Tamako Market. That well, was my number one. Really? My number one was Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Oh, snap. That one was extremely fluffy. I think it's also because of the fact that I didn't finish Tamako Market, but I definitely finished both season one and season S uh, of Kobayashi. Goddamn, that was a very, fluffy, very very fluffy show. There's there's fluffier characters in the Kyoto Animation catalog, but I won't say them because they're extreme spoilers. So I'll just stick with Kobayashi. I will say, though, Tamako Market is fluffiness at its core and it is not necessarily the best wholesome thing that i've consumed but it is emphatically the most wholesome thing i consumed if that makes any sense whatsoever i mean you could say that for a lot of kyoto animation stuff right you could say it for kaon right you could say it for nichijo you could say it for in some senses like when you talk about like the maiden girl character in hyoka there's a lot of fluffiness that is attached with Kyoto Animation properties. So, so it comes to it's, no it's, surprise, it's just right? Of, it's just down to personal preference. But, but it comes uh, to no surprise that Will and my picks for the fluffiest stuff that we have consumed are both Kyoto Animation works. Now, on the other side, the prison of eternity and cruelty, the, the edgelord, the emo. My winner, my runner-up is Black Lagoon. Uh, I have... So much to say about Black Lagoon that I've already said, but it is just really good, but really dark and just tells you about the shittiness that is in human society. And Revy in particular, despite the fact that she tries so hard, she is just so broken that she can't even know how to love someone, despite the fact that she knows she loves someone. And that person also kind of reciprocates uh, the feelings to a certain extent, but she can't do it because she can't do anything about it because she doesn't know how to and that fact is so sad to me and uh that's my run out what's your run out will i only had one outright winner because you have to think about it right the stuff that i've been watching for this anime season for the gap is has been more on the fluffy side i actually haven't watched a lot of edgy stuff because i already watched a lot of edgy shit Right, like when you when I start off the podcast, this whole podcast by saying that one of my favorite shows was Devilman Crybaby, it's kind of hard to get even edgier or less edgy than that. And Tokyo Ghoul too, right? Right. So like I already know enough about my edgy shit. So before we do the edgy announcement for our top picks, cheers, Jason. Cheers. My number one edgiest shit award is none other than Inuyashiki. Oh, okay. Holy crap. That was one of the most brutal shows I watched. And in case you just need a quick rundown of this show, it basically it follows around two main characters, both of which are given godlike powers. They're just the most powerful beings on Earth. And 
they choose to do whatever they want with those powers. Of course, you know, like the old adage is, you know, great power, great responsibility, yada, yada, yada. So one guy obviously sees the good in human beings and wants to use his newfound powers to help humans. Whereas the other one decides that, you know what, like if I'm the most powerful person on this earth, I'm going to be the most powerful person on earth and just wreaks havoc amongst Japan. And then sooner later on, like amongst the whole world. And you just see... The, the worst that there is that humanity has to offer. And when you have that, you give that person the craziest superpowers in the whole world. Fuck. Like, you go into some really, really dark places. Even for me, where, like, I'm watching, I'm like, this is fucked. This is extremely fucked. And, like, I watched stuff like Black Lagoon, Tokyo Ghoul, and Devilman Crybaby. Like, that shit is edgy as shit. This, on the other hand, was like, that's just fucked. But please watch the show. It's it's a fucking great time. Nothing else to say other than the fact that for me, edgiest of 2021. Even just well, edgiest of, of of this anime season, but the whole year I would say it's the edgiest I've seen, thing I've seen. The edgiest thing that I have seen for season two of the Good Anime Pal podcast that deserves to be imprisoned in a prison full of eternal cruelty, but will should at least watch it for sure a hundred percent is none other than a two-season show called Jormungand. Jormungand is about an arms dealer and her posse navigating the trials and tribulations of being an arms dealer. And I mentioned it during our weapons episode, and I think that this is probably... It's definitely a 9 out of 10 anime, and it is a will anime through and through. It has an ensemble cast. So things like, do you like Ghost in the Shell standalone complex? Do you like, you know, things like Kekai Sensen, Battle Blood Blockade? This is that. They go into each character a little bit. There's also an overarching story. Some are one-shots. Some are multiple episodes. It talks about the cruelty of Charles Soldiers, dictatorship, selling weapons to people, knowing that you're going to use it to kill people, using it to protect yourself, traumas. All that I said is covered in Yormungan, which is based off of a manga. But I can tell you that the anime is amazing, and I really, really like it. That's it. I mean, I've had it on my to-watch list for the longest, longest time. I mean, there's definitely going to be a point where I pick it up. No doubt. Do not worry. I will watch it. But if you're also curious, Will, there's a saying that curious curiosity kills the cat, and that is the... Subject of our next award, Curiosity Killed Neko-chan. Now, this, the definition of this award is kind of hard to define, but essentially what it is is when Will and I are curious about a certain property and then we decided to pursue it, and after pursuing it, we either regret that decision or there was something that, like, Curiosity got the better of us and... You're better off not knowing. Will, what is your runner-up? Don't even have a runner-up. It's just straight up a de facto number one winner. That was deep insanity to the lost child. Okay. All right. So this is a show that was airing, I think, airing this season. And yes. when I looked at it, I it, it's a very ominous photo for the, 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 the movie, the, the series poster. The trailer doesn't really show all that much. So it's one of those 
show less, tell more, or like show less, don't tell much at all. Just let the viewer like infer as much detail as they want. And it definitely got enough out of me where like I'm curious to see what this show's all about. It looked kind of like weird, mysterious, left field. Perhaps it'll show some level of enjoyment for me. And as I started watching it, holy hell, I was such an idiot for thinking this was gonna be a good time. Like, granted, like I had nothing much to run off of with it. I it could have been good, it could have been bad based on what I've seen, but I was just so sure that because this thing looks so non standard, looks so different from everything that I have consumed and like I can't to expect from an anime, that I should be able to at least find like a seven point five kind of enjoyment out of it. Instead, I was left with bitter disappointment and just frustration that I spent 22 minutes watching episode one with some of the worst 3D graphics I've ever seen. And mind you, this is also a season that I watched Tesla Note. So that's kind of love what we're talking about. And here. Golden Kamui, right? That's different. Golden Kamui was more comical. This is on the other hand, it's just atrocious. My runner up is a manga that, even though it has an anime adaptation, has been postponed. It is none other than Worlds and Harem. I was actually quite curious about Worlds and Harem when they announced the anime because I knew about it in the periphery, but I always knew about it as like a shit thing that people enjoy out of guilty pleasure. So the fact that I got an anime adaptation, I was like, all right, I'll go check it out. And it is as everything as I thought it would be, but worse. It the They're so lazy that the virus is called man-killing virus. That is the amount of effort they put in. Some people might like that. But for me, I'm just like, you can't even make like a shitty, corny, lame-ass name instead of man-killer virus. That's something a machine would do. Furthermore, the harem thing of the world's end is just... It's fucking stupid. Shit. And I don't want to know any... I don't want to have anything to do about it. Unfortunately, because I read quite a lot of the manga... I'm going to probably check out the anime just to see if they did anything different because they had to postpone it to reassess the anime because it was supposed to air this season. It comes out soon, I think. Yeah. The, the, the redo of World and Harem. Jesus Christ, Will. All right. My winner is none other than Tesla Note because I consumed both one or two episodes of the anime, but I consumed volume one of the manga that got released and I have to say, look, the manga is not, like, great. It's fine, but it's not great. The problem that I have with the manga versus the anime is the difference. The manga, the art, and I think Will can attest to this because I sent him screenshots. Yep. It looks nice. Like, it actually looks really nice. And the story beats are the same, so say what you will about that, which is not great. The, the story beats are not great. But... The fluidity, the like the kinetic energy that the manga possesses is not captured at all. And in fact, they did the opposite. So, for example, the super agents wear suits, of course. Makes sense. But for some fucking reason, in Tesla Note, the anime, they decided to make the, one of the secret agents dress as a Shinjuku fashion delinquent pop boy kind of thing. And there is no reason. Absolutely no reason. Also, the fact that it is 3D animated like basically X-Arm Season 2, I don't understand. When you have the manga that has art that is actually very good, and then you shit out this product that of the anime adaptation, you are doing harm to the manga itself. Because the manga is mediocre, but the manga at least is okay. 
the anime is shit. It might just be doing the reverse thing where like they show how bad the anime is in the hopes that if you really want to watch some good shit, like read some good shit, you just buy and read the manga. So instead. I fell for it basically is what it is. Yeah. You you de- I mean I mean you you went ahead and picked up Volume One, so they definitely made their money off you. But like I mean, when you read the manga though, like was it at least enjoyable? Like it, it was okay. Right? It was a seven. Right? It was fine. Like it wasn't necessarily a waste of time. But what consumed my mind was the frustration of you have this as your source and you shat out that anime, and you made choices like the clothing choice has nothing to do with three D CG or not. I just don't understand why you would do that. I know that sounds like a very simple thing, but there are multiple instances of that kind of difference that has no reason whatsoever. All right. But if you want to have a lot of reason and a lot of thinking and generate a lot of debate, our next stupidish award is the Thinking Man Award, which is an award given to a property that has generated the most amount of thought or discussion either between us ourselves or people around us i have a runner-up and a winner what you got same i got runner-up and a winner both of which are movies here we go let's hear number one uh, no no, not the number one the runner-up for this category is wolf children okay and i mean if you listened to our discussion uh for 86 on my Hosoda, yeah we talked about all the movies that we wanted to cover for Soda's catalog, but we spent the most time just talking about Wolf Children. And it goes to show as well, like how much influence that show that movie has when it comes to the themes and the topics, like the, the, the impression they made on us, like what we took away from the movie. And overall, I think just from the discussion, we spent at least 25 to 30 minutes just talking about them. We could have talked more except that, you know, we had to end the recording. If we didn't, we probably would have gone on for another 15, 20 minutes, maybe even longer. It's just it's just one of those things where like the, the themes are so poignant and so realistic that it's not hard for anyone to watch it and immediately find familiar ground. You could definitely see yourself in that person's shoes or in that character's situation. And from that, like when everyone else has a similar experience, it's ground for discussion. It's ground for discord it's it's just something that i mean both jason and i watched it at different times right he watched it way before i did but we can still talk about it to this day on the influences and the impressions that both children had on both of us my winner instead of going from the runner up i'm going for the winner first of the thinking man award for me is sunny boy the amount of interesting things that you can get from what the students are going through or the superpowers that they have and how they go about using it or how it backfires. All these life lessons are actually very relatable to any high schooler or even adult. And even though it is portrayed in such a science fiction mind-bending way, it is the, the concepts are still so real and you can generate endless discussions on that. Furthermore, the aesthetics you can also generate endless discussions, how trippy it is, how mind-boggling, inception-looking it is. I'm, I'm serious. Like, it looks so weird, and it can generate so much discussion and discourse. Sonny Boy deserves the crown for my Thinking Man Award. What is your winner? The crown for this award is a silent voice. And, man, 
I I mentioned during our Kyoto Animation discussion how simple the movie is, and that the music is just right, the animation is just right, the character display is just right, the interactions are just right. But when you add everything together, the main takeaway is that because everything is done to the point where you you just need the bare minimum, the focus is on the story, the focus is on the plot, and I. I was just blown away by how powerful a message a silent voice had. It was a very depressing story, but it had a wonderful silver lining. But it, but the response that each character has upon any situation that they experience in a silent voice was actually like a very realistic reaction, because you would have expected characters, especially if you just talk about like traditional anime or even just movies in general, that like there would be like grandiose like realizations, there might be like powerful transformations. But in the world of a silent voice, everything just happens for a reason and like one way or another, when they have a reaction to it, it is reflective of the situation. They're not like all of a sudden going to be like the most outspoken character. Not gonna all of a sudden have like the, the biggest like discovery and then make themselves like the most important character for the rest of the movie no it's just ex- character goes through some shit character experiences the consequences character tries to fix things but character then also has to deal with the consequences of trying to find a resolution for the initial consequence it's just it's just that roundabout thinking that like you just nonstop think like did that character do the right thing did that character have no other choice but to follow that specific path if I was any other character would I have reacted the same way like I mean like if if we just put everything down and we just said I just asked you something about a silent voice you probably would be able to partake in the in the discussion of it and we would have another like thorough exploration of what the movie means to both of us. And Will hasn't even gone on to the aesthetics of it or the minimalist aesthetics of it. He briefly mentioned it, but that in of itself also is a worthy discussion as well. So I agree with that. I mean, the fact that it is my favorite anime film of all time just says that that a lot of discussion and personal connection to it is is relevant and real. Right. What did, what made your runner up to uh Sunny Boy? So first of all, my runner up is was supposed to be my winner before Sunny Boy showed up. And in many ways I had a lot of difficulty saying which one is the runner up and which one's the winner. And the reason why Sunny Boy won was because it was funny enough more accessible in terms of being people being accepting of it because the runner up is none other than Haibane Renmei. Haibane Renmei is a really old anime that I watched for anime closet cleanup. And it is supposed to be about angels, kind of. But the the creator says it's nothing to do with angels. It's just an aesthetic choice. But I think that's bullshit. This comes from the creator of Serial Experiment Lane and Technolize. And Serial Experiment Lane is, one, is actually the first, I guess, quote-unquote, actual anime that I watched from beginning to end. And it was crazy. And Haibane Renmei is none of that. It's very slow, super slow. But the philosophy, the 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 kind of arguments, the kind of lessons, the interpretations can generate so much discussion. The idea of sin, redemption, guilt, all this can generate so much discussion that you can really get a lot out of this anime. And learn so much, not only about yourself, but just learning about how other people view certain things. Unfortunately, 
it is so dead snail slow that is really hard for people to watch. It's also really old, so some people might be turned off by that. But if you're not, I highly recommend this show because this is the show that some people will give 10 out of 10 and some people will give 7 out of 7, and they're both absolutely right. 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. 7 out of 7 will be the same as 10 out of 10. Right. Shit. <laughs> God damn it. Well, I'm drunk. Okay. Uh, it's okay. We're, we're we're both reaching the same level of sobriety. And since we're, we're not sober. And since we're drunk, we should just drink another one to... Let's do it. All right. All right. So our next award right after The Thinking Man is what we have dubbed the Undo of Healer Award. Now, this is a play off of Redo of Healer, which is a very infamous notorious kind of uh anime and we define oh, even the manga as well as like just please like, undo that shit as and well and that novel right Dude, it's 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 terrible it's hot trash so the definition that we gave this award is please take this anime and manga back to the drawing board and do it right this time please pretty please i have one outright winner and yep. that's tesla notes because of the fact that you've shown me what the manga looks like I also agree in what the shit happened and how you came across. I came up with this abomination of an anime. Like, okay, maybe it's not going to look that great anyway as a manga like adaptation. Like, if you keep it faithful, but at the very least, it'll be watchable. At least it's something that it could hold like a seven or a seven point something. Yeah, it will definitely be a seven out of ten in my book. But that is better than what we have, which I just for, I'm not going to rate it. I don't deserve a rating really. It's less than four, which is fucking atrocious on my anime list. For my winner, I want Wonder Egg Priority Finale to go back to the drawing board because I felt so burned with the finale. And they had so much good that was done during the TV anime run that, come on, is this how it's going to go down? Like, really? Like, guys, really? Cloverworks? Like, really? You did Horimiya. You're awesome. You're going to do... My dress up, darling. You're gonna do Spike's family. Like, fuck. So it was a huge disappointment. Agreed. Like, if if they had the ability to go back in time, or even just fix their wrongs now, like I think they could be forgiven. But I think we've moved past that point now. So, I'm, will they go back to the drawing board? They should. Will they go back? Probably not. That's why. We, that's why we have this list, right? My runner up, though, it should be the real winner. But the the winner of a one week priority has personal attachment. This runner-up has less attachment. That's why it's the runner-up. And back to the drawing board, it is because it's a manga. It's none other than Chojin X of Soyoshida fame. I like Tokyo Ghoul a lot. Not as much as Will or some other people on the internet, but I really, really like Tokyo Ghoul a lot. Now, when you were to then tell me, oh, he's doing another thing, I'm like, hell yeah, on board, 100%. And I read... I think there are 15, 16 chapters out now or something like that. And I read at least nine or 10 of them. So it wasn't just I read the one or two chapters that were extended and then kind of just forgot about it. It is so whatever. The violence is not even there, which is fine. But on the other hand, that's what you're going for. Then there is the similarities with Tokyo Ghoul. The protagonists, they have the Trojan X counterpart. There is a ghoul association equivalent in Chojin X. There is the resistance. There is the good Chojins in Chojin X that represents a certain organization. All the same. 
nothing different. The Trojan thing is technically slightly different, but really it also isn't. And it didn't blow my mind that I was expecting the guy behind Tokyo Ghoul to blow my mind with. It just it was so disappointing. And if you it's still salvageable to be honest. Just reassess yourself and work it into the storyline from here on out. That's why it's the runner up. Yeah, I only read the first chapter, but immediately it just felt like a poor man's Tokyo Ghoul. And, I mean, and it's pointing to because of the fact that so she is the guy who made it, he should know better. Like you waited this long and hyped it this much, and this is what comes out? Really? That's why sometimes when like, you just, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing, right? Like just 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 let Tokyo Ghoul be and and people enjoy it. That they took a ghoul, took a re the art book, the novels they come up with. Just stick with that universe. I will never take that away from Soul Yoshida. Tokyo Ghoul. I'll always give him credit for that. A hundred percent. It's just Chojin X was disappointing, and I'll give you a second chance. Just go back to drawing board and fix it. Now, shall we get onto the get on that shit award? No, guys. Let me explain award. Well, actually, because it's actually been higher ranked that you've missed it like five six times already. Really? Yes. Where it, is it? it? Get on that shit award. It was after the prison of eternity and cruelty and the thinking man, and we've gone past it with um, curiosity killed Nikochan undo of healer. Oh Guys shit! Six, yeah. Oh shit! I uh I copied and pasted it wrong in my personal uh, docket. Okay, get on that shit award. Because I really want to talk about these two things. The get on that shit award is basically the anime or manga that one of us wants the other co-host to absolutely have to check out sooner rather than later. Will, what you got? Runner-up, Inuyashiki. Okay. Just because I feel that you could do with some more edginess in your heart. Because you've already consumed Jorgenmond and also um, Black Lagoon. Isn't it by the Gantz guy as well? I think so, yes. So I mean, it, I, I think Gantz is okay. Yes, it's pretty actually, good. Actually, the first couple of images, like the, one of the main characters has posters of Gantz all over his bedroom. So My he, relationship yeah. with Gantz is a bit complicated, but I still like it nonetheless. You like it, you, you like, it like two-thirds of the way, right? Yeah, the last third is... I'm sorry. You got a runner-up, or is this like an outright winner for you? No, the runner-up for Get On This Shit is Die Dark, the manga, bro. Right. Uh, if you uh, like Doro Hedoro... How many anime seasons has it been since you told me to check that shit out? Doro Hedoro is one of the animes that you really like. You also really like Q, right? Q, Q Yashida, yeah. And she is phenomenal. And I read Die Dark, and I've continued to read Die Dark multiple volumes already. And it is fantastic. And the fact that you have not even read a single chapter is mind-boggling to me. So get on that shit, Will. I will, I will, I will. What is your winner? Is there going to be a day when you finally crack open Vinland Saga? Yeah, good call. Good call on that. <laughs> like, for real. Like, like super for real. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that I would love Vinland Saga. Like, there's absolutely zero doubt. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get on that shit. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's, it's Norse... History, it's fucking wonderful. Season two is coming out. It's just a fun time, man. Such a fun time. And if you if you catch up with the anime, the manga is also fucking great too. So hey, no better time than now to check out some Vinland saga. What you got for your number one for this category? Yormungand. You need to check out the anime of Yormungand. Like even if you are not as hot on it as I think you will be. You still need to check it out. And the fact you only watched this two weeks ago, and you're still pushing this hard. Like okay. four weeks ago. But yes, yeah. absolutely. Like, it is that good. And I think it is. it has Will 
written on it all over the place. That's how I see it. Especially if you like Black Lagoon. Especially Fuck if yeah, you're... I like Black Lagoon. Do you like Ghost in the Shell standalone complex? Fuck yeah, I like standalone complex. Well, guess what? If they had a baby, that's Jormungand. That's a fucked up baby. <laughs> and you give them a gun, too. That's a... Dude, what the fuck is this baby, man? <laughs> you know what else is fucked up? Really bad and evil villains. So our next anime award, the stupidish award, is what we call the Akito Soma Award. Dedicated to the woman who is just so evil, so manipulative, so abusive in Fruits Basket that we can't give the name of this award to anyone else to epitomize the most evil, ruthless, baddest villain ever. The biggest asshole. And my winner, no contest, is Akito Soma herself. End of story. Still, wow, okay. What you got? I got two. I got a runner-up and a winner. What's your runner-up? The runner-up is actually a character from Princess Jellyfish called Shoko Inari, uh, who essentially plays uh, as one of the presidential election like, candidates uh, slash secretaries um, used to manipulate the vote of a specific zoning district so that the girls who live in the Princess Jellyfish house have to be evicted. Dude, it's gerrymandering, man. Yeah, so she gerrymanders the fuck out of their house, and that's, uh, dude, yo, fuck that bitch, man. And she uses political intimidation. She uses, like, seduction. Empowering. Yeah, yeah. She basically honeypots one of the main characters, and it's just, oh, man, like, such underhanded, dirty tactics. And all while the girls who live in the house just do nothing but, you know, live pure hikikomori weep shit. Like, it's just, oh, man, fuck that bitch. But there is can there is and can only be one winner, and this is also from a previous nomination for why aren't you doing this? Get on the shit, Jason. From Inuyashiki, it is the main villain, Hiro Shishigami. So you know how I said that it's two characters, both given god powers, one who uses it for good, one who uses it for evil. Well, guess which way Hiro decides to go. He decides to be the asshole god, and then he decides decides to destroy humanity and just basically rewrite history in his own image. And he's just a fuckwit. He's just a piece of shit. Fucking hate him. Great villain, but fuck this guy, man. Holy fuck. He's he's wait. Okay, you thought that Akito is bad. Goddamn. Like when you watch Inuyashiki, if you ever do watch it, I hope you have the same level of disdain I do for this character. Okay. Our next award is a rather interesting award that I quite like the idea of. Will and I, and actually a lot of people who consume anime, have their own guilty pleasures. And there is always that kind of stereotype or that trope where you watch anime, then your mom or whoever or your girlfriend comes in the door, and it just so happens that what you're watching at that moment is so weird or so uh, bad that you're like, guys, guys, Hear me out. No, no. Let me explain. Just chill. Just If you just give me some time, I can explain. It will all be good. Thus, the next anime award is, guys, just let me explain. Dedicated to something that we watched or read that we're ashamed about, but maybe not really. And we're trying to convince people that it's not that bad or it's good, even though it's hard to do so. I have a runner-up and a winner. As do I. My runner-up is Girlfriend, Girlfriend. Girlfriend, Girlfriend is an anime that premiered last season, and it is my guilty pleasure. 
it is about a guy who dates two girls at the same time, and all three of them are aware that this is the arrangement, and they try to work themselves out. It features more girls, but that's a separate thing. Furthermore, it contains so much stupidity that is just so fucking hilarious. And you just gotta admire their gusto and their energy that, yes, it's stupid, but what you're gonna do about it, we're gonna be hella stupid. The subtitles are obviously different than the the Japanese dub, but they say things like bitchy, which obviously is bitch or slut in English. They talk about boobs. They talk about threesomes. They talk about so many things that in many ways is taboo, but they go for it, and it's really funny. Is it like easy to convince someone to watch it? Not really. It's really hard, actually. Uh, and it is my runner-up. What is your runner-up, Will? My runner-up is Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Not that it's like, oh, guys, let me explain why I'm watching it. It's more just, this is something that I probably can't watch in public. You know, like, I can't just be on the bus or on the train, just got that rocking on my phone, and all of a sudden, you know, Kobayashi's boobs or, um, what, what's the what's the other girl's name? The one with the really, really, really big ones. Oh, the new girl yeah. in season two. I forgot her name, too. Yeah, like when that shit just pops on the screen, like it's kind of hard to explain to people why I'm watching this and what it's about, especially when you go to like the, the candy store scenes. Like, yo, th- those are those are not, not, not something you can explain to people. Easily. And furthermore, I think Kobayashi Dragon Maid season one and season two is actually really, really good. I really do think that. Will, do you think that as well? Yes, but that's not the point of this that's award. That's not the point of the award. This, this is you agree though, right? Like if I was to pop this open on like on the on the internet, like on on a train, and I'm watching it on Crunchyroll, someone's gonna be like, "What are you? Why are you watching?" Guards, yo, there's some real loot shit happening on this train. And I don't like it, and I have to explain to you. This is actually one of the most wholesome Kyoto animation productions. It's actually follows the story of a young girl who follows that has a a dragon for a meal. What? Like, no, those are some real big anime titties, and I don't like it. All right, so. My winner, I won't say the title right away, because I need to simulate a scene. Will, can you be a policeman or an inspector at an interrogation room interrogating me, okay? So, you're going to say something like, why the fuck is this on your phone while you're watching it, while we arrested you? Say that, please. Why the fuck is this on your phone? Why were you watching it? Please explain. So, okay, officer, listen, so... You know boy bands? Okay. So uh, are you also familiar with Twilight and vampires? Furthermore, I mean, this is just like a stretch, but have you heard of... You watch anime, right, Inspector? I I can't say that I don't, but Have you heard of a series called Hypnosis, Mike? I, I may have. It came out two or three seasons ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that creator created a new show called Visual Prison about vampire boy bands i mean that's okay right like it's just normal there's no nudity there is no kind of you know r-rated shit but it's fine right wrong because is there a lot of ahegao visual prison is a work of art in the worst possible way the lyrics to the songs which they are a lot per episode is so cringeworthy it is so fantastically terrible that I got to applaud them. Furthermore, 
there is a scene that Will mentioned that where a vampire boy bites another vampire boy, and the one that gets bitten has an expression that I cannot describe as none other than ahegao. Furthermore, there is bullshit like a kind of a homage or parody of Attack on Titan of all fucking things. Oh, they have mics because they sing. That makes a lot of sense. But the mics are swords and it's the hilt of the goddamn sword. Will, are you looking up lyrics right now? The lyrics is fantastic in a way that you're like, how I got to applaud the the corniness, the cringiness of this show. And Visual Prison is going to be something that is so hard to explain to people when they see me watch this. I dropped it. I'm not going to finish it. But man, that was a hard thing for me to explain to people if they were to catch me watching this in the middle of it. My winner is Panty and Stocking with Garter Belt. Yeah, actually, that's a good choice, too. Yeah, just because of how how lewd and abrasive the show is. Like, we know, like, sexual comedy is something that the Japanese anime dabbles into and can do really well, but this is just, like extremely brash like no sugarcoating straight up the main character just like does not care about her duties and her main goal is to fuck a thousand men so that she is sent to heaven and by then, the way yeah. do we even mention it on our podcast no right we talked about it because it was part of the well i mean we definitely talked about watching it like i'm not saying it doesn't apply it does 100 percent. but did we mention it we, maybe a little bit which is why we're talking about it now. Yeah. Right. Well, listeners, do you like Powerpuff Girls? Yeah. Do you like Powerpuff Girls? Do, do you, you do you like sex? Do you like blue jokes? Do you like panties and girls talking about bondage and electrocution? Do you, do you like, like Invader Sim? Do you like toilet humor? Well, congratulations. Do you, you like should... dick jokes? That's that's okay. There you go. Panty and stockings garter belt is basically that. It's it's fucking crazy that this is something that actually came out of Japanese animation because it doesn't look Japanese at all. Like, I mean, this, it looks literally like Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, I, it looks like it came out from Cooking Cartoon Network. But like, you also have like half naked chicks who talk about fucking men, otherwise they, can, they won't be able to go to heaven. And then like the goth sister chick who's like, "Yeah, well, I'm not as I don't have as crazy a sexual appetite as you, but like, I'm always down to electrocute my men before I fuck them." It's like, okay, right, cool, cool, sure. And then there's 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 episodes where they talk about shitting. I think that was the second episode. Yes, it was. And uh, the way that it gets resolved, bro, there was also a bullet train scene that was also very, 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 very questionable. But that is the way that that show rocks it. And to its credit, it's it, fucking hilarious. It, de- it delivers on its premise and it delivers on its gusto. But, bro, like, de- definitely don't let your parents know you've been watching that shit. Yeah. Sometimes literally, right? Yeah, you just don't watch it in public. Don't ever let anyone know you're watching it. But if you do enjoy it, enjoy it. Like, no shame. No shame. I actually endorse it. But make sure you turn off the blind, turn on the, put down the blinds, safe search on or whatever. Incognito mode. Incognito mode, you know, lock the doors and everything. Our next award is the Thin Ice Award, which is basically anything anime or manga related, a thing or a trend within this podcast season that we want people to stop. You're on thin ice, bro. Like, don't do any more of this. I've got one and one only. I have a runner-up and a winner, but the runner-up is personal, which is I got to finish and stop making my on-hold list on my anime list any longer because 
originally my on hold list is like non-existent as in close to zero and i'm pretty proud of that now i'm close to 50 in terms of anime shows anime mangas i have a lot on hold but the reason for that is mainly because i'm waiting for the next volume to get published so there's literally nothing i can do i'm not dropping it i'm not planned to read it and i'm not reading it right now so technically i put it on hold so the mangas are different but with the animes it has risen from one or two or three to 50 or so and that's fucked up i need to clean out that backlog as soon as possible what's your winner will Dear comic book reader, dear anime corner, dear my anime list, dear r slash anime, dear Reddit, dear YouTube, when you're going to review, preview, critique, analyze, do anything for an anime series that's currently running or is still very recent, and you need to include a thumbnail and maybe a small blurb as to what you're going to talk about, please don't fucking put spoilers in that shit it's such an easy job all you need to do is just put a picture of something that's non-consequential that has no bearing no effect whatsoever on any of the recent episodes that have come out and even easier don't write a sentence in the blurb that literally spoils the plot of the very thing you're about to talk about you can talk you can have clickbaity titles you can have uh even lewd kind of thumbnails to attract attention and even if it's an old series and you think the statute of limitations is okay, it's just so easy to have a, a, a thumbnail that is non-spoilery or a title that is non-spoilery, but clickbaity that is what you want in the first place. All I'm going to end off with is comic book reader, fuck you, anime news network, fuck you, but especially anime corner, double fuck you for ruining all the seasonals that I've been watching, not just these season, but last season as well. So triple fuck you. The winner of my Thin Ice Award is given to the trend of making changes to the source for no fucking reason <laughs> and failing miserably. No, we're getting, I, we're have, angry. <laughs> I have three instances of this. The first one, which I've already mentioned, is Tesla Note with between the 3D CG anime versus the, the decent manga source. Another one is Worlds and Harem because you might have heard my rant about I understand that Worlds and Harem is very lewd. I understand Worlds and Harem is very like uh, kind of degenerate, cultural, cultured, if you will. But the fact that the anime won't own up to it and had to reassess it to me, it's just like you're defeating the purpose of what Worlds and Harem is about and what people want. So if you make it more PG, that's not what the, the real faithful followers want. And the non-followers, the new people, will also be like, well, what is this? This is like some half-assed shit. Furthermore, I haven't mentioned this uh, for a long time. Peach Boy Riverside is oh, an, wow. is a seasonal anime that premiered uh, in the summer. And it intentionally, the director even made it a point in the interview to say, oh, yeah, I put the events in out of chronological order just because. And I checked the manga. I double-checked the manga. And he was right like the the chronological order is out of whack and that's fine i guess but it doesn't even make sense it doesn't even add anything it's just like oh i put out a chronological order just because just because i want to be different but it doesn't add anything in fact it detracts and i think that's so bullshit it sounds fucking stupid and I'm so like, you mad. can't even say it's like artistic or creative or like, ooh, I'm just to stir some shit up. No, literally, it's just like it's an inconvenience to the fans, and you obviously provide no value to it other than 
I could do it, so I'm fucking do it. Yeah, this is no Haruhi Suzumiya out of chronological order, but there is actually a reason why. This is not Bakemono Gatri out of chronological order, but there's a reason why. Peach Boy Riverside is not that great of an anime, and it's not that great of a manga. It's fine, but it's not that great. But the fact that you even did it is like, why the fuck would you do that? So you're on thin ice, bro, this trend. All right. The last two awards is dedicated to me personally. I'm not offended. In fact, I welcome it. It is unfortunate that I am not that great of a speaker as well. No, you're good, man. And I also tend to make a lot of mistakes when it comes to being put on the spot or when it be when it comes to, you know, pronunciations. The first of the two awards dedicated to me on the stupidish category is the worst phrase that Jason, me, use constantly slash repeatedly award. What are the candidates, Will? Recently, at least in the past couple episodes, you've been mentioning a lot of what happens when or what do you get if, and that's usually like the segue into the next category or the next topic. Mm -hmm. What else you got? The last one I have actually is to make matters even more something something. And again, it's another thing that is further accentuating a point or to carry over from one topic to the next topic. Now, these are, of course, like not huge things. It's just that I've noticed that they've been said quite a lot, especially in the last three, four episodes. And I have more, actually. Sometimes I notice that I said viewers instead of listeners for an audio only podcast, at least currently. I have various speech impediments and mispronunciations that I think Will got a huge kick out of. Cherry Blossom, bits and pieces for bits and pieces, and Cherry Blossom. I say to my knowledge a lot. I say, but hey. I also say, so for context. I also say now, and I also say, all right, so, or so. So, Will, which one is the winner? Well, you literally just said so again. (laughs) Honestly, I thought it was what happens when because it's, it's been happening quite repeatedly over the past couple episodes and honestly what are you gonna do like you're still trying to find a segue to go from one place to another how creative can you really be it, you can't just keep making up a new transition word or a new transition phrase to be fair the first season what we said was segues right and also kind of i guess the second place runner up was uh what was it uh it was a rhetorical question oh Oh, so what is this about? Yeah, what's this show about? It's about... Uh. So uh, I have stopped saying that as much as I can, and ironically, Will... I've been ha- picking it up. So let's hope that I uh, dis- like stop this habit and Will picks it up back up. On to the final award. Now, this one is very straightforward because you've already listed out the choices, and those are very much the choices that I had. So the Higarashi Award. Now, I understand that it's been mispronounced because it's Higurashi, but this was the start of me mispronouncing something and mispronouncing it not once, not twice, but repeatedly until either I find out after the fact when I listen or when Will reminds me after we recorded. The candidates are, for example, saying the three in Jujutsu Kaisen and Naruto. You all right there, buddy? It's okay. Was two, guy, two girls, one guy, when it's supposed to be two guys, one girl for BP number five. Ayumi instead of Ayumu for when will Ayumu make his move for episode 22. Saying Star Wars Shadow of the Clones, which by the way is not even correct because it's Attack of the Clones, right? And instead I was supposed to say Star Wars Clone Wars when talking about the Blade Runner Black Lotus on episode 22. And my various speech impediments like Cherry Blossom 
and bits and pisses. Number one winner for me straight away was the fact that I just didn't say anything when you were saying attack like attack of the clones but wrong. So saying like Shadow of the Clone when really you meant Clone Wars and I knew that the movie was called Attack of the Clone but I just let you run with it cuz I didn't want to you know break your flow dude. It was only after we were done with the recording where I told you by the way. <laughs> it was also in the same recording that you mentioned Ayumi instead of Ayumu. Uh, that one's not that big a deal, honestly. It was, it's basically the same as saying Karuta Kurata or saying Higurashi Higarashi, but like the Star Wars one is a little less forgivable. All right, that is the end of our stupidish awards. And now let's get on to our contest segment. Now dedicated to me to participate and Will to create, which he has done. Season one was the other way around. And I think season three, it would be my turn to create something for Will. In this case, the contest is regarding a certain anime property and manga called The Law of Ueki. Will, real quick, can you just go over The Law of Ueki and what uh, the listeners need to know prior to this contest starting? The Law of Ueki is an early 2000s shonen anime done by Studio Dean, which features the main character named Ueki. And it basically centers around 100 god candidates who need to fight and battle out so that the winner either becomes a god or if you're the candidate you then are able to obtain the law of blank which means you're able to attain a power of your choice now in order to compete in this god war candidate uh, battle you have to have a power so most of these powers are like in similar like full metal alchemist equivalent exchange vein you have to be able to convert one thing into another thing so ueki's main power is he's able to turn trash into trees right other powers include turning cotton balls into spears or spikes another one is if you put water in your mouth and you gargle it you can spit out hot fire and the power ascends if you use carbonated water or you use mineral water because science i suppose now for season one finale i gave will a segment where he has to decipher whether a title is actually legitimately a light novel title or something that i made up will has compiled a number of law of ueki like powers and i have to determine whether or not yes it is from actually the law of ueki or will just made that shit up so just to give Jason, a little credit, though. When he was doing the light novel challenge, I already knew quite a few light novels, or at least like some of the titles he mentioned. I was at least able to infer whether they were real or not. But Jason has not watched a single episode of Ueki. And the only powers that he knows of are the ones I told him prior to doing this list. And I definitely did not check on purpose just to make it so that it is as dumb and as fun as possible. So I'm going to list out... 12 powers. Some are going to be real. Some are going to be fake. I'm not going to tell you how many are real or not, right? You just have to figure out with your best intuition and your best knowledge of Love Wiki, which is zero, which ones are real and which ones are fake. Now, I want to emphasize, I'm trying to take this as seriously as possible. So I'm not just going to say real, fake, real, fake, real, fake, or something like that. I'll actually try to think if there is a possibility it can be real or fake. So the first power is... Turning balloon animals into real animals. Now, there is a caveat to the power. It is limited by the size of the balloon animals. So, for example, they make a balloon elephant. It can turn into an elephant, but it will only be the size, however big the balloon is. So, yep. Shit. Like, if you didn't say the caveat, I would have straight up said it was fake. But, 
now that you've added this caveat, I'm slightly concerned. I would say it is real. It's fake. Fuck. The real power actually is turning toys into real objects. But dude, that, so turning a real, uh, turning a toy tank into a real tank. That's like, oh, okay, fine. Okay, the next one is turning bad puns into reality. However, it is also limited by whether the opponent laughs at a bad pun. Fake. That one's real. God damn it. That one's actually real. Next one. Being able to turn a whistle into lasers. So when you blow into a whistle, pew pew, the pew pew actually becomes a pew pew laser. Can I just say that regardless of whether it's real or fake, these are all fucking stupid. That's fucking dope though. <laughs> like, imagine like you are at night and all you have is like a rape whistle. And someone comes to threaten to assault you or whatever. You blow the fuck out of them with that fucking rig whistle. It becomes a laser whistle. That's that's a weapon of mass destruction right there. Now, is that real? Like a real Ueki power or is that some bullshit I made up? It has to be bullshit. It's real. Fuck. It's a real power. Now, the next one. Dude, I'm zero for three right now. Turning guitar strings into whips. Dude, that's an awesome power. It has to be real. That one's fake. Fuck me. That one's also fake. Can I just say, though, like... These are all fucking ridiculous, right? No, no, but still, like, turning your guitar strings into whips actually is actually It's quite, believable. No, but it's also quite dope. Like, yeah. Imagine, like, a, what, a mariachi bands, and then afterwards, you're just literally, like... Whoosh. Yeah, that... Okay, that would be perfect, actually. Now, the next one I've got. Turning business cards into money. Now... Again, this is it comes to the caveat. The amount of money you get fluctuates based on the net worth of the company or the individual you got the business card from. I don't like that power, so I'm going to say it's fake. Yeah, that one's fake. I made that shit up. You finally got one on the board. Yeah, yeah. Right. One out of five, yeah. Next. Turning tomatoes into magma. So you have a tomato, you throw it, and it immediately turns into molten lava. Now, I think that power is fucking awesome. I think it's fake. It's real. Shit. That one's real. What? Yeah. That's a fucking awesome ass power. Yeah. No, I'm just gonna grow I'm just gonna go to the farmer's market. Oh wow, everyone is dead because I threw tomatoes. Or hey, boo, I'm gonna throw a tomato at you and dude is on fire. Okay. Now this one is the next one. Turning your brain into a powerful bomb. Now the issue here, of course, is once you turn your brain into a bomb, there's no you no longer have Cognitive ability, so you can't reverse. It's essentially used as a final, like, seppuku weapon, like a suicide weapon. Like, if you've lost the battle, you need to basically destroy everything around you, even if you lose. I, I really like that, but I... Uh, but then you'll be useless. That's why it's just a suicide weapon. The guy who has it also has, like, incredible powers, but, like, if he needs to off himself, boom. Real. That one's fake. Nice. <laughs> Because I was just thinking, like, how this person, or, like, obviously it's fake, but this hero who has this ability has just kept it in check for so long and has been compensating by other things. And then that one time, he's like, friendship, I got to do this. Yeah. Well, it's believable, at least, when I say it, right? Like that. Well, let's see if the next one I got for you is believable or not. Being able to turn thoughts into a text message. So transmitting your, your mental thoughts into an SMS 
and sending it out to people's phones. Um, now, man, this came out at a time when like uh, social media still wasn't around, but like people, like, you know, when when they say mail in anime, like they really mean texting, right? So basically, sending a mail or a text. I have to say that th- that is real, like in real life, like that is actually possible nowadays, like for real. Um, in the law of Weki, though, is this a real power or a fake power? Fake. It's real. Used for special recon missions. Turning a ring into a rocket. So a ring that you're wearing on your hand. You know, I have one right so far, and I kind of wish I didn't. But, okay, let me think. A ring into a rocket. May I clarify what kind of rocket? Like, you know, like a rocket launcher rocket, like an RPG rocket, that kind of thing? Like an RPG. A ring. Uh, How do you turn it from a ring to a rocket well if i give you that then like that's just gonna be more information about the power right it's real yep it's a real power finally you got one you got two now i i think like i was just imagining this blinged out guy and being like oh my god it's my hands are so heavy but i'm waiting a moment to attack okay this one's kind of similar to the bad pun one turning onomatopoeia into physical damage so when you say like Boom, pow. Or, Dude, that's fucking awesome. And yeah. I'm pretty sure there are superheroes. And like, like the, the graphics are very similar to like what you see like those old Hanna-Barbera cartoons where it's just like, or like old Batman. It's like, boom, and it punches. Yeah. If it is not real, I will be so sad. And also it makes sense in the manga because you can use speech bubbles. I say it's real. It's fake. Fuck off. <laughs> Dude, La Vueki, what the fuck are you doing, bro? I, they should have hired me, right? The last one. I think that's it. Wait, one, two, three, four. Yep. This is the final one. No, I have one, two, oh. three, four, five, six, seven, oh. eight, nine, ten. Two more. Okay, next. Turning haikus into weapons. Now, caveat. Each haiku that you say must be unique to a specific, specific weapon. If, however, you do a repeat weapon... It attacks you? No, the user can't speak for one minute. It's fake. Yep, it's fake. It's too too conditional for a weapon, right? It's also too stupid in my opinion. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I thought some of them were pretty smart. I no, thought no. that one was a smart one. Oh, really? The other ones I thought were like... Okay, anyways. Last one. Again, very similar to the bad puns into reality. Tur- telling a joke, and if someone laughs, it immediately turns into pain. So instead of like having like laughing, like releasing of endorphins, your pain receptors kick off instead. Now, you see, this is a bit of uh, behind-the-scenes baseball because... Will knows for a fact that I know that there's a law of wiki power where if you lose at rock, paper, scissors, your head turns into poop. Is that correct? That that's the, the power? Yeah. So the fact that he said something very eerily similar to this is a job well done because now I am not sure which way to go. Just to clarify, can you repeat the power again? Saying a joke and if someone laughs, instead of feeling anything joy... It becomes pain. Like they actually explain the release of endorphins when you like. Fake. It's fake. DYLs as well. You know that John Kempelen turned into shit. It was actually based off of a fake segment in the. In basically, like one of the characters has a, has a dream about all these powers, and they made up that power. It's actually not a real, real power. It's so it's a power that is mentioned and present in the Law of Ueki manga, but, but in terms of joke. but in terms of the lore, it is actually not. It's just a joke, right? Yeah. Not bad. You got three out of no, 12? No, four. Four. That's 25%. No. Yeah, that's, that's, that's 33%. Not bad. I mean, considering you had no like, Ueki knowledge at all whatsoever, like you did pretty well. 
some of them I think I was like I was really rooting for you and then were, I think it's just in the end like how stupid or how real it is like the line is so blurred because the whole Ueki story is really fucking stupid to begin with to be honest I think one of my flaws in this uh, segment was you put too much faith in me not just that but also I tried to like internalize like oh that actually makes sense or that's actually kind of cool and then give into that so yeah. i think that you had if you had watched like sub of Uweki, it would have been easier like it would have been massively easier for you to figure out so but to, to go in completely clean like clean slate I, i'd say getting four out of 12 is, is pretty impressive so our how much time do we have will we have a little bit more time yeah, right like five ten minutes uh, and then in that case, we're not going to talk about honorable mentions or quick fires unless if you have any. Uh, twenty twenty one. How do you feel? It's been a very long journey. It really I, is. I, yeah. I mean, the fact that like we started this back like near the end of January, and it's been almost almost tw- like, exactly eleven months. Like one more month, and we've been a full year. I think we've we've done a lot. We've watched a fuck ton of anime and read a lot of manga. More manga for you than me, but I think like just the fact that I was able to open up my anime catalog and read more, watch more than just edgy action adventure shonen shit, and actually throw in some. I mean, dude, like one of my favorite animes of this season was Princess Jellyfish. Absolutely. Like what the fuck? <laughs> and I mean, I also gave credit to that in the first <laughs> season one finale. I also think that this season was very transformative in terms of my anime manga journey, particularly my manga journey, because I used to write off manga quite a bit. I also used to write off anime apparel quite a bit. And now I wear, for example, right now I'm wearing a bell shirt of Mamoru Hosoda fame. Again, I still believe that if it's too in your face, that's not great. But if it's subtly done, I will absolutely wear an anime apparel. We've come a long way. We've come a long way. Um... I think next year is also going to be equally rewarding with Spikes Family, Chainsaw Man, I think maybe, or at least announced, right? We, we got a lot of shit to look forward to next year. Attack if, on Titan. If they release on time. Right. So there's no point going about 2022 that much other than to say shit is hype as fuck. Now, the last thing I would say is, Will, the end of season two is here. The beginning of season three is soon. What are you looking forward to towards season three? Because back in the season one finale for the next season tease, which would be season two tease, I talked about fashion and weapons. And fashion, uh, to give uh, everyone a bit of inside baseball, has is now currently our most successful and popular episode by a little by by quite a bit actually. And I was equally surprised. And the amount of thought and effort that we put into that was a lot and i think that the fact that it proved fruitful was awesome the one thing that i would say i'm looking forward to for season three and to be fair a lot of stuff i'm looking forward to but the one that me I, too i yeah. really really want to do is the irl life lessons from anime and manga stuff that we had consumed and learned from anime and manga and we think it actually be really important lessons for how we carry ourselves in real life or not yeah, shit that you just should not absolutely do at all. So basically, anime life lessons that can work or cannot work in real life. I also, that is one of my two choices. It's almost like a BuzzFeed article, actually. Yeah, it does, way. really. Uh, the other choice that I have is very simple. Are we talking about violence and gore? Yeah, I think so. In if, anime if, and manga? If not in that season, then definitely in the later season. But you know, it's still something to look forward to next year. So I think that I'm looking forward to that as well. 
as I am with watching JoJo Part 2 and you watching... Oh, uh, fuck. Yeah, I need to talk about finishing Kizumonogatari and Nisekonogatari. Exactly. Oh, fuck. We also have our next fucking uh, uh, anime and manga cleanup, too. Yeah, of course. That one's going to be coming up soon. So, oh, man. I, I, I can't wait to see what we pick. There's there's a lot to look for, not just in terms of like stuff for the podcast, not just in terms of stuff for anime, just what the rest of the industry can bring. I mean, this is the year that we've seen like anime movies just killing it in box office. We saw a movie that it was like, agreed for you and me to be like probably the best gateway anime for people who have no exposure or very little exposure to the anime world. And manga is becoming more and more accessible. Right, it's easy. I mean, like you've got Jump Plus, you've got the Kudensha app Azuki. as well. Yeah, so it's this is. There's no better time to get into anime and manga than now. Uh, Will really last thing, honestly. If there was one thing, anime, manga, whatever, that you want to say is the most memorable, best, favorite, whatever of 2021, what would it be? I will just say mine because I know it is Horimiya. Uh, that show has dramatically changed my rankings, personal and in terms of critical praise, and the way that it has done things, and the way that I've consumed the manga as well. It is very, very, uh, like important to my anime and manga career. Fruits Basket and VV for me. It, it's it's so hard to look past those two. Perfectly good choices. I mean, like they're just like visual and audio masterpieces in both regard for both sides. But if you, you had to choose, ooh, if I had to choose just one, yeah, just one, Vivi. Okay, I think like unfortunately because you needed to watch all three seasons of Fruits Basket, it does mean you have to dedicate more time. But doesn't take anything away from it. It's still like one of the greatest journeys to ever go on. All right, this would be the last time I do the season two housekeeping script. But oh, don't don't shed a tear, Jason. It's okay. You can always reach us through our email, gapallet at gmail.com. Will, that is G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com. Is it all lowercase, all one word? That is correct. It is. Absolutely. You can also contact us on Twitter at the handle at palletgood. That's capital P and capital G, all one word. We have a Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash palletgood, capital P, capital G, all one word. And we have a website, and we encourage you to check it out, www.goodanimepalette.com. All lowercase, all one word. I should mention, even though we haven't mentioned it up till now, we actually bought .net as well, just in case. Wait, really? We did? We did. <laughs> so good anime palette.net as well. Because I think what it was was I wanted .com, and you're saying I wanted .net, and then we're like, why can't we just get both? So we did. Hell yeah. So they redirect to the same site. You can also join us on Discord. We also have a Mal Club. The invite link is in the show description, or you can email us. We'll invite you, no problem. Now comes the truly heartbreaking moment, which is we have to retire the music credits for this episode. Our intro music is Glitterati by Fox Morrow. Our break music is Up and Down by Toby Tranter. And our outro music is Sunset Dew by Lupus Nocte. Our music was provided courtesy of EpidemicSound.com. If you're interested in using Epidemic Sound as a service, we will have a link for you that is provided in the show description. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls... Cat girls or not, 2D or 3D, this is the end of 2021 for the Good Anime Palette Podcast and also the end of Season 2 of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. Rest assured, by the time you listen to this, 
Season 3 is literally just around the corner. We're taking no breaks. We will be back at you with Season 3, and it would be 2022. We wish everyone a safe and happy Christmas and New Year's. Hopefully, 2021 treated you okay. If not, that's okay. A lot of people, 2021 was hard on everyone. Hopefully, 2022 would be better. And let us all, if not, bond over anime and manga because we have so much stuff that we have consumed that are so good and so much stuff that we have yet to consume that are so good and so much stuff that we will consume that will be so good. Will, do you have any parting thoughts? Sit back and enjoy some badass pirate babes or some big titty dragon maids. You're going to find anything and everything that will keep you company, happy, sad, or whatnot, and everything in between from anime and manga. And there's so much more to come. We cannot wait to see what season three of the Good Anime Pilot Podcast will bring. And of course, what the wider anime industry will bring for you as well in terms of new releases, sequels, new manga, and of course, the dreaded but sometimes most anticipated anime slash manga announcements, such as, for example, we got fucking Devil was a Part-Timer 2, but then we also got cucked with um, No Game, No Life. We got Blue Lock, and we also got Spikes Family, Spikes Family being the big one. We also got Chainsaw Man which is the big one as well. Huge one. Huge one. And there's going to be so much bad shit in 2022 as well. Don't think that there won't be. There will be equally the amount of trash that there is in 2021. More or less, there will still be trash. But and- for now, you can finish off King's Ranking. You can enjoy some Demon Slayer Season 2. You can enjoy the next part of Attack on Titan when it comes out in a couple weeks. You can even watch JoJo Stone Ocean right now, which Will has watched, but we have held off talking about it because we want to consider it for Season 3 rather than Season 2 right now. Spoiler alert, it's really fucking good. Uh, And the rankings and ratings uh, indicate so as well. I think this is it. I think this is a farewell to 2021, man. Yeah, man. Um, It's been great. It's, it's been it's, a great journey. It's like, been a fucking crazy journey. Like honestly, like when I first started, I did not expect the amount of effort and the amount of attention and the amount of things that I learned on the way, whether it is in regards to podcasting itself, whether it is about my taste in anime and manga, or whether it is about appreciating a certain median. In this case it would be manga. So uh, 2021 in terms of the anime and manga and good anime palette podcast front treated me very well. And I'm very, very much looking forward to all the slice of life, all the romance, all the drama recommendations you have because after seeing my catalog for 2021, you know I am down for that shit. All right. That we have said our farewells to season two of the good anime palette podcast. Join us again in 2022 when season three of the Good Anime Palette podcast returns. And Will will be here. I will be here. And hopefully you guys will be here too. I'll catch you guys. I I surely hope I'm still around here. I'm not getting fired, am I? I mean, there's only you and me. Oh, shit. So if I don't fire myself, then I know who who the hell fired me then. Right. Um, Am I going to have my Sasuke moments? (laughs) Wait, does that mean I'm fucking Naruto? Oh, bro. Bro. You're nuts. I mean, that is true, though. You are, you, you are more Sasuke. Do you want to be Naruto or do you want to be Sakura? Tune in in season three when Jason finally gives the answer of whether he wants to be Sakura or Naruto. So do I want to be someone useless or do I want to be someone really useless? Or do I want to be someone's dad? 
<laughs> You're just Barto's dad at this point. <laughs> we'll get you the answer in a couple weeks' time when we start season three. So until then, take care. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Whatever holidays you celebrate, we will catch you very, very soon. Stay safe. Later.